This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Well, it's wintertime in Japan, and so it's no longer hot, and that means chocolates are safe. Safe from the cold, and JList knows this. You can head over to JList.com or JBox.com, the non-adult mirror site, and you can experience some of the most incredible chocolate snacks from Japan. They have dozens of Kit Kat flavors, including my favorite, the legendary green tea Kit Kat. It's so freaking good. They have Japan's favorite uh, Melty Kiss delectable chocolate snacks. Those are fantastic. Pocky flavors that you only find in Japan. And let me tell you, all these products are around $3 or less. So if you head over to jlist.com or again, the non-adult mirror site, jbox.com, you can get your chocolate and Japanese snack fix. This podcast is also brought to you by Bookwalker. Do you have a craving for manga or light novels? Then you can head over to Bookwalker and check out their large selection of digital manga and light novels. They also offer a free book once a month, and you can use their coin reward program where every purchase gets you closer to receiving a free book. Go to global.bookwalker.jp and sign up, and when you do that, creating a new account, you can use the promo code AAAPOD to get 600 yen off your first purchase. That'll be like your first manga is almost free. That is AAAPOD, the promo code. We're making a new account over at global.bookwalker.jp. And now it's time to start the podcast. Have you seen those guys making mochi with the hammers? I love it. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's like, uh, this mochi's got blood in it. Weird. So we find out that Mason actually has a robot arm. It's those extra red beans. <laughs> I can see Mason being pretty good at that. Actually, he's he's probably pretty good at pounding some mochi. Would, would, you, would I be the uh, the slapper guy who throws out like <laughs> the flour like powder, or would I be the hammer boy? Uh, ooh, you'd be the one who throws out mm. the powder. Gotcha. Slap, okay. slaps it there each it time. Mm-hmm. I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 505th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Thank you for joining this audio program through whatever occult Mm. means you manage of finding it, or perhaps even this visual program on Twitch or YouTube where we stream every Sunday at 5 p.m. EST, which stands for Estimated Start Time. Uh, If you are listening to this, that means, like us, you have successfully made it to 2020. And if you are listening to this as a retrospective from the future... I use this as proof to let them know that I was one of the good ones and was always on their side. Speaking of sides, with me are the folks that will help me to make your anime addiction worse. To my left on screen and geographical left (laughs) is the Resolute Mandy. How's it going? I'm doing great. Sorry, I had to check it. I was like, to your left is right. I was thinking the right is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mandy. (laughs) I'm doing good. Hey, guys. With Beastars and Dora Hedoro coming up. Why are all these animal boys so precious? 
What's with that? Uh, why do not? Why do we not have more deer men? <laughs> Handsome deer men. What's I? What's Handsome with young bucks. Um, and to <laughs> and beneath me and to my geographical far left is the resolution mm. Mitsugi. How's it going, my friend? Doing pretty good. I'm gonna open this. Oh, this. This orange monster, happy to be here. Mason, you have a very unique flair when you're hosting the podcast, I must say. It's very, you just never know. You just never know what's going to happen. I do appreciate it. Because I also always forget to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Mason. But I wanted to ask you, Mitz. Who are you? Now, looking at past trends and current forecasts, do you expect a continued rise in your sentencing of Moe Girls to the anime pit of hell in 2020? Mm. Well, I'll tell you right now, the, the Pope of the Church of Mitsugi, myself, and, of course, the, uh, the Church of Mitsugi. We have some big plans for 2020. I don't want to lay them all out there just yet, but we did indeed subject a record number of Moe girls to the pit of hell in 2019, and there, there just doesn't seem to be any shortage of supply of them, so I can only imagine that we will at least continue on our current trajectory and we, but you know, we're always trying to do our best. And I do appreciate you asking, Mason. But of course, so you've heard it here first, folks. So, you know, besides hearing all that stuff, we have a cavalcade of additional podcast episodes, which you can find by going to our website, aapodcast.com slash join, where we have hentai episodes. We've got hundreds of those. We've got hobby addicts. Nearly at episode 200 of that, we just talked about some Switch games I've been playing, some Black Mirror episodes that mandy has been watching and mitts went a deep dive into the first round of the nfl playoffs and it was oh so exciting what else what else oh we have after parties yeah tons of those you already know additionally we have as i mentioned earlier tons of social media on twitch facebook discord you can find all the links from our main website from that discord so much has been going on we finally posted the links to the poll for the best of 2019 so if you've got any opinions of the last year that's the place to go to show it. We've been watching stuff uh, from the last season or from the new season. Uh, last night we watched a bunch of new shows. I uh, take my prediction back. I said it was going to be the year of goofy girls doing goofy things. I'm wrong. This is actually the year of the hooded <laughs> uh, hooded cape or cloak, as some people call it. Every good show has them. I don't know what's up with it, but I love it. Additionally, <laughs> Mandy and I are playing Danganronpa. We took a little holiday break, but we're going to be back at it shortly. So get excited for that. Keyword trying. <laughs> we're doing our darndest, you know. We can't, we can't be killing yeah. kids every single day of the week. Yeah, I was really sick yesterday, or Friday, so I, didn't, I wasn't able to stream. So what's going on with uh, Manga Club, though? Manga Club. Guys, we're coming back this Wednesday the 8th with four volumes. We're reading four volumes, or discussing four volumes of Steel Ball Run, JoJo. So, so good. if you would like to join us, go to the Discord, please, and go down to the Manga Club channel. Check out that pin note, and you can find out the chapters that we are reading. So you, you don't have much time, <laughs> and it's four volumes. That's a lot of reading. We had, four, we had about a whole month to read all of this. So please join. It'll be fun. Please do it. Please. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, Additionally, Anime (laughs) Club. It's not this week as in the current present, but January 15th, we are discussing the entire first season of Dorara, all 24 episodes. So check that out. And that'll be at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Discord. So please swing by and say hi. It's a ton of fun. Uh, But this episode, oh boy, we have a humdinger for you. A humdinger. That's a twenty. That's that's a humdinger. That's a word the kids use in twenty twenty, right? That's very fashionable. Anyway, how old are you, Mason? (laughs) Oh, we have a. Our topic is each of us has brought a 
ton of topics to talk about. So it's going to be a mishmash of all sorts of things. But also, we have the long-awaited review of Villain Saga. This has been talked about in hushed voices for eons by Mandy and company. And now we'll finally get to our verdict on it. Listen, guys, one of us might not make it to the end of the episode to do the review because we've been watching so much Vinland Saga that someone might just bring an axe down upon someone else's head and drink their blood before you know, this episode I, I am over. just realizing that it Damn. is fitting that the, the Vikings, the NFL team, has emerged victorious in their game today, almost as a That's sign, true. a sigil of wow. the, the good omens of this show to come. So, you know, the universe is aligned. Is there anything I need else? like a draw... Go ahead. I need a dr- I need a drop of Thorkel just like slaughtering people. You know we have uh we have we yes. have yeah we have everybody's favorite like bang drop. Where the hell did I put that? Our soundboard has become so bloated that I can't actually find <laughs> anything on it. But but we well, have the we have the bang drop of uh from Ini Inuyashiki, and we could easily have a drop of like uh, Thorkel just like slaughtering mass crowds of people, and and then drink and then like eating meat because that's what he does pretty much, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I love Thorkel so much. I, uh, <laughs> I love the sentiment of adding Senpai. more drops as uh, the difficulty of finding drops becomes an issue. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's about there's there's about 120 drops on this board, so it's um it's uh, I can't find it. Excellent. Help me, please help. Well, anything else we want to housekeep away before we get into our big news of the week? Yes, actually. Um, I am doing nominations right now with other podcasts for our anime Oscars. I'll probably take those for about another week. And then next week, you'll probably be able to vote for the anime Oscars. I'm going to give people about a month to do it. So um, look forward to that. It's time for big news of the week. All right, so big news of the week for this week. It is Japan's top anime box office hits in 2019. The top 10 highest grossing domestic films in Japan in 2019. Apparently, Weathering With You was number one on that list. But we also have, uh, from 10 to 1, we have Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Kyoku ni gozaimasen? What is the English of that? Hmm. Does anyone know? What, what is a Kyoku, Mason? I'm not sure of that. I, Without seeing the kanji, that's tough. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that one. <clears throat> I, shall yeah, I don't know that one. I also don't know the next one, Tonde Saitama, either. Well, Tonde, um, tonde could be tobu. It could be the uh, progressive form of, of the fly. So, oh, uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know. Again, don't know. Got to see the kanji. Uh, number seven was the Dragon Ball Super movie, Brawly movie. Did you guys see Six that? Six was Masquerade. No, I haven't. I think you talked about it last year, though, didn't you? I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I talked about it. I saw it. I mean, I thought it was. Oh, come now, Mason. <laughs> why, why am I not surprised? I, I'm, I'm ready for all the flames. We already had a uh, big Discord discussion on this. We don't need to. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to go through this again. Well, I mean, like, I mean, the movie didn't make any sense to me, and then they changed some of the lore from the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. You know, like I don't recall Goku ever going to Earth in his Saiyan armor. As you know, I'm pretty sure we all know he showed up like butt naked in a space pod that Grandpa Gohan found him in. But and and yet he's like. Had, he's like eight years old before he flies to Earth and like saying goodbye to his parents from inside the space capsule, which is not the history that I know. But 
but the uh the but the action was pretty sweet. I mean, hmm. we didn't really watch Dragon Ball for the story, do we? I don't know why That's anyone like, watches it. <laughs> oh, come now. All right, keep anyway, going. Anyway, uh, the going, uh, the Kiko ni Gozaimasen Number six was, was oh, called uh, Hit Me Anyone One More Time. Hit me anyone? <laughs> one what? more time. So this is for Britney that's, Spears? That's the official <laughs> translation from IMDb. So, yeah, I guess so. Interesting. Okay, so number six, six was Masquerade Hotel, another one I've never heard of. Then after that was the Doraemon, the movie. Then One Piece Stampede. Number three was Kingdom. Number two was the Detective Conan movie, The Fist of Blue Sapphire. And then number one, of course, was Weathering With You, which earned uh, 14.2 billion yen, which is about the equivalent of $129 million uh, as of December 8th. So, uh, yeah. Um, I... Have not seen any of these. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, you know, you know, we had we actually had like a film category on the anime Oscars, and like nobody was voting, nobody was nominating. Yeah, so was like, people just aren't watching these movies. I mean, yeah, I was saying it's hard for me, and I don't know if it's just my area. We hardly ever get anime movies in theaters here. It's so rare. Like I was blown away that we got the live action Attack on Titan for one day. <laughs> That was it. That's like all we've had over here. And we saw free. We had we watched the free movie in theaters. That was one day available. It's crazy. We hardly ever get a- anime movies over here. I cheated. My uh, my anime film nomination, had we kept the uh, category, was a movie I haven't even seen yet, but I know it's good, is the uh, <laughs> the third installment of, no, of the, uh, oh. the new Lupin Fujiko movie. Oh. Just because everything mm-hmm. that guy has been doing has looked phenomenal. So... That was that, that would have been my nomination. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, it's this seems like fairly status quo to me, but I was a little surprised to see the One Piece movie in fourth place. Um, I, I mean, Weathering with You is kind of obviously going to take the top spot, but like, and and Detective Conan is a tough customer, but I I always expect One Piece to be the to be the top of the chart anytime that there's not like a Ghibli or a Shinkai movie. So, um. I don't know. Anybody else surprised by any of this? Doraemon is never going to go away. It's just eternal. So were these supposed to be just anime movies? No, these are all They're... all domestic oh, films. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because I looked up Masquerade Hotel and I'm like, this isn't an anime. I'm so confused. Neither is gotcha. that okay, hit no. me anyone <laughs> one more time. Pretty. Yeah, I was gonna say. No wonder I've never heard of these. <laughs> Um, if you, if, actually, if you click gotcha. on the if you click on the link, there's there's another list of films that include other like like foreign films, none of which surpass Weathering with You, but like Aladdin, for example, gotcha. the Aladdin movie for, with Will Smith, I think it must it must be um, would have been number two overall, and then like Toy Story four, Lion King, and and then a bunch of others, um, m- mostly like Disney movies because Japan is just like they've gone good, like Gaga for for Disney, so yeah pretty neat it's a pretty neat i don't know i'm happy to see um that there's a lot of anime movies out there but i'm i'm i don't know i, I kind of thought pro Made would be on there but yeah i've heard really good things yeah i mean it's but it's just not so when did that come out was that just last month or was it um it was uh, a couple months ago but out. you have to th- also think like dragon ball like is wildly successful and that was number seven so like a niche studio like trigger doing their own True. thing like mm-hmm. It probably did well, but, you know, 
You're, I mean, Mewtwo yeah, strikes back. That's Doraemon. Pokemon, and that got number ten. Yeah. So I, as much as I love Trigger, and I want to think that they're a bigger thing, I, I could see them not making this list. Right, it's not going to outdo Doraemon or One exactly. Piece, of course. Yeah, I get you. All right, and that's about it for the uh, for the news. Just another one. You're like twenty nine recaps on twenty nineteen recaps on films. So everybody's still doing well. Um, Kingdom is really popular. I really want to pick yeah. that. I really want to watch that and pick it up. I didn't know. It was crazy. That's always been like, this is the best manga of all time. That's all, what I've always heard. And then I did not know that it had an anime. I was like, what? It did. <laughs> it's just like old too. I'm going to watch it. As soon as I finish Kingdom. Oh, you only have a couple eventually. hundred episodes to go. I only have, I'm only like halfway through, guys. It's not that old, though. <laughs> Kingdom is not that old. Um... It's within like ten years, within like the last ten years, and I think it's been running. Oh, is it? I think okay. it's been running all along. So I, I don't know. I, I think you're gonna have another big one to sink your teeth into because I, I don't, I don't have the exact episode count, but I'm sure it's long. So, all right, shall we move on? I'm looking. Yeah. Howdy, partner. I seen you riding in on that dusty trail. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the moe. All right, guys. The good, the bad, and the moe. And for the good, Comic Cat and Dojinshi are just as popular as ever. Comic Cat 97 just was held in Tokyo this uh, past week. It was from the, uh, like the last three days of December, more or less. And on the third day, they had 190,000 attendees on the third day, which just blows my mind every time. And on the first day and second day combined, they had almost 400,000, bringing the total for the three-day weekend to 560,000 people, which is just, putting putting it into perspective, I mean, it's just double probably what the next biggest anime convention of its kind would be in, in the world. So, I don't know, that's just crazy. I, I, uh, I've been to Comic Cat, and it's just the biggest fire hazard you've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, I want to go. It's I really cool. Went... Sorry, go ahead. Man, you'd buy a ton of shit if you went to Comic Cat. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, Comic Cat 98 will be held during Golden Week on May 2nd to the 5th in 2020 instead of the usual August date because, and by the way, that's much better because it's so hot in August. It's brutal. Mm. Um, because the normal venue, Tokyo Big Site, where they do it, it's out in Odaiba Island. It's a pretty cool venue. It will be the major center of activity during the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So they're kind of moving, they're supplanting Kamiket to allow for the Olympics. But there's just lots of great and exciting stuff happening in, uh, in in Japan this next coming summer. If you can suffer the heat, it might be worth going, but it's Tokyo is really hot. It'll be, it'll be in the 90s every day probably. Um, for the bad, uh, and people might wonder why this is going to be the bad, but I'll get to it. Studio Ghibli's New Year's <laughs> message mentions a second new film in production. And um, this should be really exciting for everybody, especially me, because I'm the biggest Studio Ghibli supporter ever, probably. And um, But it was also said that the first of Miyazaki, of these films, which is Miyazaki's How Do You Live, or Kimi Tachi wa Do Ikiru Ka, was stated by Toshio Suzuki, the producer of Ghibli, uh, in a magazine just um, earlier in the year, last year, said that Miyazaki was working on that film, but that, that there was no deadline 
and that he was a mere 15% complete of the film as of the end of October, and that he was only and that he was only producing about one minute of animation per month. Now, keep in mind that this movie's been in the works for three and a half years, and they're only 15% of the way finished with it. So at that rate, you're looking like another eight years or something. I can hear and, the um, uh, red line, yellow line uh, soundtrack play in my head as you read that. <laughs> like decades of production. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to do, let's not go overboard, but today is Miyazaki's 79th birthday, by the way, which is kind of interesting. And just Happy the, birthday. Yeah, he's just such a, I, I imagine he's just, you know. A grump. He's he's <laughs> just putting his cigarettes out on you know people in a crowd or something. And in the birthday cake. Yeah. 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 He's like he's like he smokes his, he he smokes a cherry brand cigarette, cuts a slice mm-hmm. of cake, puts the cigarette out on top of the cake, hands it back to him, and hands it to him. Then he smokes yeah. another cigarette, uh, and you know sticks it out on top of another cake and, and, and gives it to his you know his son. He's like you know what, this one's just for you, my son. I smoked this cigarette a little bit less so that if you wish. You can finish the. You, I will pass the torch on to you in the form of this cigarette. Mm-hmm. He just smokes um, seventy nine cigarettes and puts them all out in the cake. But right. the cake says anime was a mistake. On it does, it. but of course. Yeah. And there's actually no yeah. cake on the inside at all. It's just plastic. So when you bite no. into it, it's just a big mm-hmm. troll job. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just don't think this movie's ever going to get made because I mean he's so old and and uh, I love the man, but it only takes one bad health turn when you're that age. And if he's really only doing a minute per month, like let's just face it, it's probably not going to happen. The second work is really unknown still. They haven't really said much about it. We don't even know what form factor it's in, whether it's live action, traditional animation, a hybrid, who's making it. They didn't say anything. So that feels like it's even further off. I don't know, but I just don't know when these movies are going to get made. And that's why it's the the bad, because abandon all hope, ye who wait. You're not going to get this movie. Um, For the Moe, this is so crazy. Uh, do-it-yourself funeral kits go on sale in Japan. Uh, Do-it-yourself. Do-it-yourself. Before you die. Yeah, so <laughs> Japan has a big problem because <laughs> the birth rate is low and the population is old and, and uh, very old. And Tsubasa, a funeral services company based in Nagano Prefecture, has begun taking orders for its DIY funeral set, which includes a wooden coffin with a, with a fold-open window, which will show you the face of the dead person. Um, a pillow, a mattress, a blanket, an urn for the ashes, and a silver-accented box to hold the bones left over after the cremation, because they cremate in Japan. Um, a handbook that explains how to perform the ceremony rites. And this can be this can be yours at only 25,800 yen or $240. A major ridiculous savings over the professional services fee, which is roughly... Two million yen, or eighteen thousand dollars in Japan, but I, I'm <laughs> just, confused. Me too. I mean, are they expecting people to cremate their loved ones? That's themselves. That's a fire I can get behind. <laughs> I'm confused. Well, what? So I'm not like an expert on funerals in Japan or anything, because it's just not. You know, uh, death scares the crap out of me anyway, and so I don't really think about it. Try to think about it, but like I think that they have a funeral. They have a coffin for like the ceremony. And then the coffin yes. and the person are ultimately burned together, and mm-hmm. then they put your remains in the in the urn. So I don't know. It's, it's not really do it yourself then. Like do it yourself would be standing in the box, <laughs> lighting yourself lighting up, it. and wearing like the top of the the box as like a hat, so that like when you 
brought it down and like had the shipping label and everything on it so like the people just walk mm, by mm. your door and just pick you up that'd be economical it's just crazy so i'm going to assume gosh i'm just so confused about this whole thing so is it just like a cheap urn and then like a cheap like wooden coffin and you take that to the funeral home if I'm you, confused. If you click on the link, there's a, there's at least a picture of the sort of like a, a promo picture. You can at least look at it, but there's not really much. Uh, there's not really. Oh much, my god! Yeah, there's not really much for you to look at. I mean, it's it is, that is like an IKEA ass <laughs> coffin. Yeah, I can try to get a picture of it here while we uh, get the while we do the trivia just for you guys. I will get a picture and put it in the twi- on the Twitch so you can see it. So. Well, that's the good, the bad, and the moe. While Mitz pulls it up then, yeah, like yeah. he mentioned trivia. So the answer to the website trivia from last week was Fate Stay Night. And the winner for the week was Bill Nye the Russian Spy. God, I love that name so much every time. Do you? It's a good one, yeah. The theme continues to be Christmas anime episodes. And while I say that, let me go to the website right now. You can do it right now with me if you are not driving. Let's take a look at this thing. Let's see how tough it is. Ooh, I think people can get that. I think I think you, dear listener, have the capability. So check it out on aaapodcast.com. But it's also not, it's not it's not super hard. Exactly, exactly. You can win fabulous prizes as yet to be heard of. Um but we also have a different kind of trivia. Yeah. Well there's the DIY kit. I put it on the thing and I also broke the Twitch, it looks like so. You got it? Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very good at Twitch and I, I broke it, so um, oh, awesome. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we have our intro trivia question, which we'll answer after the break, after you got a good look at that IKEA coffin. <laughs> and the question is Thors and Thorkel were part of what infamous and elite group of warriors? Which is different from what you're about to see on the screen, because that one apparently was just updated before I got it. <laughs> <laughs> But we will answer that question. We'll answer both questions. After the break. (laughs) We'll answer both questions after the break. Hey all you anime addicts, Mitsugi is here and I'm bringing you your anime news break. Starting off with some Coachella news. We all know that Coachella is the big music and arts festival that happens every year. And this year they're having some Japanese talent at the event as well, including Hatsune Miku, who will be performing in the event on April 10th and April 17th. If you're a big fan of Hatsune Miku, you can check her out there. And very famous Japanese singer Keddy Pomyu Pomyu is going to be performing on the 12th and the 19th. So if you're fans of these artists from Japan, you can head over to Coachella if you're able to get tickets and check them out at the Music and Arts Festival. Next up, there is a manga going back on hiatus. Welcome to the Ballroom was announced to be going on an indefinite hiatus starting with the February issue of Monthly Shonen Magazine from Kodansha. They plan to have a new issue of the manga in the February issue, but due to the but due to Takeuchi's poor health, it seems like he's having a lot of difficulty writing, and it's just not going to be happening. So Kodansha has revealed that the manga will return once his health has improved, but there is no date for that. Next up, there have been a lot of different 
voice actresses getting married this week. And it looks like this is true also of Haruka Yoshimura of the Idolmaster. And this is particularly interesting because she's getting married to another famous person, the Saitama Seibu Lions baseball team member Shogo Noda, which is one of the J-League baseball team stars. The pair has registered to have their marriage on January 1st, or, so that's pretty much already happened. There will be no ceremony, you won't be able to attend, but it looks like an interesting little couple of two famous people coming together to get married. And next up, there are some new manga coming out in Shonen Jump in early 2020 from authors Yoshifumi Totsuka, Hajime Komoto, and Asahi Sakano that are all going to be launching new manga series in the magazine. Totsuka's Undead Luck Unluck series is a picturesque hero story that will center around an unlucky girl that and will premiere in the magazine's 8th issue on January 20th. Komoto is going to launch a title called Mashal, which is in the magazine's ninth issue on the, on the 27th of January, and Asahi will launch Majo no Moribito, or the, or the Witch's Guardian. In the 10th issue, on February 3rd, Asahi won an award in Shonen Jump's uh, Treasure Rookie Manga Award in 2014 when he was only 19 years old. So, pretty good names here, bringing out fresh manga for you to enjoy with the Shonen Jump. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. And now, as always, as we do, time to get back to the podcast right now. Anime Addicts, the AAA podcast is always trying to bring you new and exciting ways to enjoy our content. And now we have an exclusive member-only RSS feed on the site that is going to let you access our hentai episodes, our hobby addicts, and our after-parties episodes all from your favorite mobile apps. That's an additional eight episodes of content per month just for you. And you can listen to it through Apple Podcasts app. You can listen to it through Podcast Addicts, Pocket Cast, Overcast FM, Downcast FM, etc., etc., onward and onward. So many mobile apps for you to choose from. If you were holding back on supporting the podcast because you didn't like listening to our extra content through our website, now you can get it and listen to it the same way you enjoy all your other podcasts. So pitch in, help out the podcast, do a good thing, and enjoy all the extra content we have for you. Just go to aaapodcast.com slash join, support the podcast, Merry Christmas, and you will get all this extra content and an exclusive member RSS feed for you to enjoy. That's, again, that's aaapodcast.com slash join and support the podcast. And now, great moments in Anime Addict's Anonymous History. For the first time ever, I've gotten like trick or treaters this year. What kind of candy were you giving out, Mason? We gave out M and M's. We gave out Reese's. We gave out oh Reese's we gave out Whoppers, Kit Kats. So what are the kids going for though? Like when they when you hold the bucket out, what do they reach for first? Kids don't even know. They got masks on half the time. They're like. They can't even see. No, they can, man. Kids have like a radar. Sensing, uh, sensing Reese cups. I'm the moving the ball so they don't get the Reese's cups. I'm like, no, that one's for me later, man. Can't take it. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you put them all at the bottom. You know what the dick move is? It's like you open the door, you assess how good the costume is, and then you reach for one of two bowls. And it's a good costume. It's it's oh. like it's like Reese cups and like you know the stuff people want. And if it's like you know if it's not, it's, it's like, like teenagers with no costume on. They get tootsie rolls. <laughs> yeah, they give them Tootsie Rolls, give them, li- give them oh, black, li- give them black licorice. 
Yeah. Now, if, if they give me like the proper like trick or treat and like thank you, I'll be like, oh wait, you can actually can have another one. Like I'll give oh. them extra. Except one, there was like these two kids, so they were like trick or treat, gave them the candy. They were like thank you. I'm like, oh you know what, you guys can have one more. And the older kid was like, oh my mom would love these, and he picked like one. And the oh. other, one said, oh so cute. The other one just like says, I ain't greedy, and just ran away. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> That's great. It was awesome. Little kids. And then I chased him. I'm awesome. like, you take the candy. And I'm just you're, th- stuff. you're throwing it at him. You, you, you <laughs> grab him. You're stuffing it. You're stuffing it in their underpants. I don't want this. I don't want this. All right, guys, and we're back with the podcast, episode 505 of the podcast. And while we were on break, I went ahead and downloaded Blasphemous, which we talked about nice. in the Hobby Addicts because this is all Mason's fault. You know, first it was first it was Darkest Dungeon, but now it's Blasphemous. But I don't think this will take nearly as long as Darkest Dungeon did. So um, <laughs> so the trivia for the initial trivia question, Thor's and Thorkel were part of what infamous and elite group of warriors? Mandy? The answer is the Yom's Vikings. Yom's Vikings. And um, I did have a question. I, did, I changed the question. I had a different one on there before. and I, <laughs> I thought it was too hard. The question before was, um, I think I said, uh, Thorkel is to Vinland Saga as blank is to Dynasty Warriors. Because I kept thinking mm-hmm. that Thorkel reminded me an awful lot of Lu Bu. Lu Bu, yeah. And because uh, he just <laughs> you know, can kill him. He's just like, he swings his axe and 12 people die like at once. It's just crazy. So, um, but yeah, I thought maybe that was too hard, so. Uh, yeah, so that's the... Uh, and yeah, sorry, I forgot to put the trivia up on the news break. I forgot. Oh, it's okay. So people that were like, I can't remember the question. Well, sorry. All right, well, it's time for Mandy's Manga Minute. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. And now, let's take a minute for the Manga Minute with Mandy. This is the Mandy's Manga Minute, where I take a minute to tell you about a manga and help you find something new to read. And this one is called Somali and the Guardian of the Forest, and it is sponsored by Bookwalker. The human race has been hunted to near extinction, leaving the world ridden with all sorts of curious and mysterious creatures. In the middle of a forest, a lone golem comes across it, a disheveled human dressed in rags and bound by chains. Taking the child in, the golem comes to learn that the child is called Somali and that she has no recollection of her parents. Spending time together, the two grow to share a bond akin to father and daughter. The golem decides to leave behind his obligation as the guardian of the forest in pursuit of Somali's parents or, at the very least, any other remaining humans. So Somali, to her her parents, are the least of her worries. She believes she has already found the only parent that she she needs. Somali and the Guardian of the Forest is a fantasy slice of life manga written and illustrated by Tako Gureishi. I believe that's how you say his last name. It is still currently publishing, with six volumes currently available digitally in English. I've only read the first volume of this manga series, but I can already tell that it is a story that has a very um, deeply fleshed out setting while also being very visually striking. This world is inhabited by non-human creatures, while humans have been hunted to near extinction, and what is left of humanity is hiding deep within forests. This golem 
has found a little human girl named Somali is determined to find her family or at the very least a safe place among her own kind. So he disguises her as this little demon so they can freely walk among the non-human races. And through their eyes we get to see the lives of both non-humans and humans. And this is not an action-packed manga. It's very slow paced but each chapter fleshes out this interesting world that Somali is currently living in. And I would compare it to the earlier chapters of Ancient Magus Bride. Um, if you're interested in a fantasy sli um, slice of life with a very detailed setting and warmer character interactions, then definitely give this one a shot. Um, the anime is also currently airing with one episode out now on Crunchyroll, which I'll talk more about in just a second. But... Um, this is sponsored by Bookwalker. So if you use our promo code, if you go to global.bookwalker.jp and use the promo code AAPOD, you can get up to about six, around $6 off your first purchase. So you can get this one. It's also currently on sale there. And I should also say this is, this is our last week of doing this promo. I just realized that it ends in a couple days. Buy your manga! Uh, promotion ends on January 7th. So if you're uh -oh. listening to this on Thursday, it might be too late. Hopefully you're listening to this live. Sorry. <laughs> but January 7th is when this promo promotional um, period ends. And uh, yeah, go over there, check that out. Um, we, I, What I was going to say about Somali and the Guardian of the Forest is that uh, we didn't know that it was in the winter season because apparently the first two episodes aired in October. And so Mal put it on the fall list. So we completely missed it. Oh, but no. We are aware of it. And we are aware of it. Mason has watched the first episode and said so he's really digging it. I've heard good things. So we're looking at a way to squeeze it in. So oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that later. I'm sure there's always going to be room for one more impression. So Yeah. We, we watched. We'll probably get rid of something nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched episode one last night with the, uh, the group watch on the Discord. And I was like, Within like a couple minutes of the show, I was like instantly charmed and I was just smashing the keyboard. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mandy, what is this? Why is this? How did nobody know what happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, I that, have no idea. Just add it to your list. Yeah, we we'll it. figure it out. So it was it was a good time. I enjoyed it. So yeah. I'm definitely going to check out this manga too. So it looks gorgeous. Yeah, guys, be <laughs> sure to use that promo code before the 7th. So... You can get your yeah. uh, six hundred yen off your of, off of a manga over a bookwalker. It's um, it just helps out everybody. Like you're getting a book, you're getting a manga for crazy cheap. We look really good at you know at the bookwalker, and bookwalker makes some money. So, uh, pretty much it. it's like triple 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 symbiotic. So get over there. Triple and do combo. That. <laughs> yeah, just like that. So, all right, shall we keep moving? Let's move right along. In the game of waifus, you either win or you are late to anime school. Cake will be thrown, ice cold tea will be served, who will be top in the class and who will be flunked in Mason's Waifu Wars? It's worth following us on Twitch just to see Mitsugi do the dance and voices for that. <laughs> it's, it's, it must so be horrifying to, to, to see her voice leave my mouth. <laughs> I, can really, I can only imagine. I just okay. Truly a nightmare of our modern age. But uh, sure. speaking of the modern age, it's 2020. People, it's time to have our yeah. eyes on the future, eyes towards the sky. Actually, beyond the sky to space itself. The theme for January of Wifey Wars is going to be space babes, uh, oh. and this is week one of it. 
And uh, you can't you can't talk about space anime without bringing up Sunrise. Uh, this studio is responsible for some of the most important space series out there. You got Gundam, you got Cowboy Bebop, you got Outlaw Star, you got uh, Armored oh, Troopers man. Votoms. Like they're pro- possibly the kings of the the sci-fi space game. But uh, the finest of all their works, in my mind, has to be 2003's Planet Tests. God, such a good opening. Sorry, I love so the theme uplifting. Song. With the like Sorry. the rumbling drums that started off so good. And oh, it is it's really good. Possibly coincidentally, Planetus is done by the same mangaka as Vinland Saga. So oh. take that what oh, you will. Really? So uh this is a twenty-six episode series that takes place in the year of twenty seventy-five, where space travel is now an option for the common uh person anyone can do it and you know things have advanced there's colonization there's commercial commercialization of the entire world around us so you know everyone's going off to space it's what everyone does and uh, we follow the toy box which is a uh, this dilapidated spaceship that is in charge of low earth orbit and cleaning the debris that's within it so this is a real life issue um, known as Kessler syndrome where you know there's too much cred there's too much stuff in the atmosphere that it makes navigating the the uh you know atmosphere kind of impossible so essentially this to put it bluntly is just trashman in space the show um the crew of this ship is a charming melting pot of lovable oddballs and they are helmed by their captain fee carmichael who is definitely the waifu of the show and this week (laughs) she's so fiery and outspoken she's like the abrasive glue that keeps uh, the interest and safety of her teammates close to her heart, even if she shows it in like super brash ways. Um, she's not like the head of the entire section, but like she's the real like leader. She's the one who actually makes everything happen and is crucial to the success of everyone around her. Um, she's literally a waifu in mom jeans, but she still has like so much swagger and she is not to be messed with. Like she's the kind of lady who will like upend an entire multinational terrorist threat when she gets irritated so you know to have her in your camp is definitely both a boon and someone to keep you on your toes um just i just recommend checking out this entire manga either anime or the manga itself both are excellent excellent mediums and i just love the show and i love her and i love space (laughs) that's all i got I love the secret of the moon. That that anime is got some <laughs> great, has got some great music in it. And for those of you that don't know what Planetus is, and I've said this before, but the opening scene is like this family, like enjoying their like space commute around the, the Earth or whatever. Like they left the Earth in a space shuttle to travel or whatever. We're just chilling, you know. There's like a little kid playing with like some Legos or something, and there's like this little screw just kind of tumbling through space <laughs> real quietly just innocently and it just goes and, and wham like 10,000 miles an hour this screw just plows into the side of this space shuttle and just kills everybody and yep. it's so epic like and it's real like shit is moving real fast out there and a little screw could wipe it out could wipe out a space shuttle and it totally does and planet test is so freaking good it is so good Yes, it is. That's a good pick. Thank you. Thank you. I do love Outlaw Star, though. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) we can move on to our main topic, which is whatever the heck we want to talk about. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. Mitz, would you like bring to bring your s- own topic? Exactly. Would you like to start us off with the yeah, well, very topical topic? Yeah. Well, it's New Year's, right? And um, in Japan, they have uh, in Japan. Japan cares about Christmas a little bit. Like they don't really care. They don't really celebrate it the way that. Um, like I feel like Christmas is a holiday that's celebrated in a lot of different ways. Some people don't celebrate it at all, for starters, and then some people. For some people, it's the Christmas tree and it's presents and it's stockings and it's, and, and for me, it's like I, I love I love Christmas cookies. I must have eaten thirty gingerbread cookies, fully iced. <laughs> and it was it's an embarrassment. I still have some of the some of the uncooked gingerbread dough shapes like frozen in my freezer because I know one day I'm gonna like want to cook them and gingerbread is so good. And then some people go to church and that's great. And then in Japan, it's like a day when people like go on dates and it's it's not a big deal. It's just like, you know, they go on dates and they'll have like a little tiny party at, at like their house where they eat like nabe or something. But the New Year's is huge in Japan. It is like, it is pretty much, I would say, the biggest holiday of the year in Japan. And they have just countless traditions. And I haven't experienced a lot of these, but I know of a lot of them. And mostly it's because it's from having a, one-on-one conversation with people at at a kaiwa which is like the japanese conversation school which if you went if you went to work in japan you would most likely either work at a public school or in a or in an a kaiwa where you would sit one-on-one and have conversations and grammar lessons with people at all skill levels and of course those are the most interesting when the person that you're speaking to is is skillful enough in english that you can have a real conversation and around new years of course everybody wants to talk about what they're doing and so I kind of absorb a lot of uh, little tidbits about tradition here and there. And the first one I want to talk about is this thing called Osechi Ryori. And it's a, um, it's a pretty big deal in, in Japan. And it's, it's, this, it's basically like a three to four layer. And if I can get a photo here, again, I'll put it in the Twitch, but it's difficult to do things and talk and at the same time. But it's like a three to four layer um, bento, basically, that is chock full of some of the most decadent, elaborate, and colorful food you've ever seen. And it's, I never experienced it myself in Japan because it is so tremendously expensive that it was just cost prohibitive. I mean, you, it's, it costs something like, I would say it's around, I would say it's around, it's, it's upwards of beyond $200 for the box. And it's because the food is, well, it's one of those things where like it's a it's a food that is only consumed during certain times of the year, so it's like a specialty item, and so they get you real really good on the fact that it's like a specialty good. There we go. I got the image up there for you. And it's and, more of like an art piece almost, right? Like a status symbol. Well, I think if you look at the picture, it's pretty uh, self-explanatory. I just put it up in Twitch, but there's all kinds of crazy food. There's like shrimps. There's tofu. There's everything is cut into beautiful shapes. It's very artistic. Oh, gorgeous. Wow. Um, and everything, and this is, this is a tradition that's been happening in Japan since before the year seven, before the year 800. So we're talking something that's been happening for, you know, like third, like 1200 years now, each food in the, in the Osechi box is, um, represents a particular wish that you might have for the new year. So there are some examples of like, one of them is called konbu, which is a type of seaweed and it's associated with, um, the word yoro, yoro, yoro which means joyful, um, there's there's ab which is like the cooked shrimp in the which is cooked apparently with i'm reading this off of uh, wikipedia we cook with sake and soy sauce symbolizes a wish for a long life 
suggesting you would have a long beard uh, and a bent waist, which is like, you know, what like a stereotypical <laughs> older person would look like. There's like the, the, the dai dai, um, Japanese bitter orange, which means from generation to generation, which when you write it with a different kanji, um, it symbolizes a wish for children. So like each of these food has like a different meaning. And um, a lot of these are foods that Westerners, Westerners probably wouldn't be too interested in eating because it's foods like black soybeans, uh, red sea bream, fish eggs, sardines. It, but it's very like typical uh, like food for a Japanese person. And if you're very ever, colorful, it's gorgeous. Like it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's you're like buying art. It's almost a shame you'd eat it. But you always hear like, oh, in Japan, the presentation of the food is so important. And like, mm-hmm. this is just a great example of that. So Osechi is really cool. If anybody ever is in Japan during the holidays, um, I don't know. It's not really worth buying, especially since it doesn't have the meaning for you. Because like, if you were at a Japanese family house, um, it, it would go on like a table, and like the whole family would eat it. You know, like throughout the the holiday. And I don't know. Maybe if you're ever close enough with a Japanese family and invited to such an event, you could you'd you'd be a really lucky person to experience it. And um, I think you got to order these things like months in advance. It's like Christmas cake. Like they sell out everywhere, and you got to get like a huge reservation uh, place. Uh, then there's a couple more traditions here. I'm just going to talk about two more. There's the Fuku Bukuro, which means lucky bag. J-List is talking about this because they do some of this stuff as well. But um, department stores throughout the year, they acquire a lot of stuff that, they, that, that they're not able to sell. You know, like in the States, they'd sell that stuff to like Ross or, J- or TJ Maxx and you'd go buy it like cheaper, right? But in Japan, some, oftentimes what happens is that they take all that stuff that they couldn't sell during the year and they'll, they'll put it in a blind bag. So they'll put it in a bag. You don't know what's in it. And they'll put a price on the bag that's like 50% or more discounted off the normal price. So you could be buying something worth like $500 for, you know, 100 bucks or, or whatever. And um, the tradition is said to come from this proverb that says that uh, it's, it's nokori uh, mono ni wa fuku ga aru, which is there is fortune in the leftovers. So... People will just line up in like Shibuya department stores for hours and hours and hours on, on New Year's Day to get these blind bags. We don't even know what's in them and they'll spend hundreds of dollars on these bags. But like you could get just crazy good stuff like necklaces or, or shoes or whatever. But um, it's like this lucky bag, this cool tradition that they do in Japan. Um, then is probably the most important thing, uh, in my opinion, and I've actually done this, so I'll, I'll talk about that as well. But it's it's Hatsumode. And some of you probably know the word. But Hatsumode is the first visit to a shrine or temple during the first few days of January. So on New Year's, um, people all go, they always, everybody goes to like a temple to pray for a fortunate New Year. Like they all want to have like, everyone's praying for different stuff. Like kids are praying for their entrance exams. Um, if you're in, if you're in food, if you're in, um, how heavy, how heavy are the dumbbells you lift? Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, you're, you get, you're, pray for gains. <laughs> Father, praying, forgive me for the gains I'm about to receive. You're, you're praying to be, to be mad swole. <laughs> you know, you're praying to get into, into college. We've seen it in anime. Like we, it, it's, it, it's not that uncommon, but, um, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. And, and, at and at really popular temples, like ones in Tokyo, that you'll have the food stalls that you'll see in Japan in anime that are selling all the normal foods that you've, that you've seen in different shows. They do the Omikuji, which um, I think a lot of us that went on, on our last Japan trip to, uh, did, which is where you get like, you put like a, 
you you shake a little thing and a and a stick comes out that has a number on it, and then you pull a little drawer of the number you received, and it has a fortune, and you can read it. And if it's a good fortune, you'll like fold it up and put it in your wallet. And if it's a bad fortune, you you fold it up and you tie it to like a to like a a wall or something because you don't want that one. So you tie it, then you can go get another one. Or if you're like me, you get average fortune and you're not sure what you do at that stage. <laughs> you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah, you want to press your luck. So, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, so it's pretty cool. And, um, they also sell things like lucky charms for safety or wealth or good entrance exams and whatnot. And these are just some of the cool things you do at temples. Now, Hatsumode, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not Japanese and, and the, the, the religious or, um, spiritual tone of like the Hatsumode isn't quite as meaningful to me because I'm, I'm not part of, not that, not that deep into the culture, but it was definitely an experience doing that. So I remember one uh, one year. This is like maybe five years ago. I was uh, doing doing Hatsumode at the Meiji Temple in Tokyo, and it's probably the most crowded temple in Japan during New Year's. And I, I'm standing out there. I'm freezing to death. So cold. And with like my, I think I had like this really elaborate Starbucks coffee drink that I got. It was. It had like they always do like specialty drinks in Japan all throughout the year, and it was. I think it was like some crazy peppermint drink or something. I'm sitting there with my peppermint drink and the Meiji temple, you'd have to look it up, but I would guess that something like 2 million people go through the Meiji temple in one night. Um, wow. And it's, it's just this ocean. Like if you've been, if you've been to Japan and you know the Meiji temple, then you know, you have to walk quite a ways from the station to get to the temple. It's, it's about a mile. I mean, it's pretty far. And it's and it's a wide path. I mean, it's probably a hundred feet wide at least. And I'm telling you, I am not even kidding. It for the whole mile, the entire width, you are basically so tightly packed that you can't even like lift your arms up. Um, that's how many people are trying to get to the temple. And you and uh, what you'll find is that you can't even really get to the temple during the during the New Year event because there's so many people that they basically have this tarp that's like this, it's just like, I don't even know how big it is. Like picture, picture like a football field sized tarp and people are just hurling money at it from like, you know, 150 feet away. And then they're, you know, they're doing their prayers from a distance because they don't want you to, they don't want people to just trash the temple. So you really can't get that close to it, but it still counts as, as Hatsumode. So it's quite an experience. And I, even though it sounds terrifying to some people probably because of all the crowds, and it is cold. It is so worth it. I mean, it was one of my favorite um, memories from living in Japan and 100% recommend it. And then straight from the Meiji Temple, because the food there was like so-so. They had some yakaki soba, but that was about it. Um, the Asakusa Temple in Japan is my favorite temple. And it's very special to me for a lot of different reasons. And there was one point where I had been there every year for like seven straight years. And it is so neat because the street that leads up to the Asakusa Temple when you go through the Kaminari Mon, like the big gate that has the, the giant the thunder gate, that's the big red yeah. lantern looking thing that you see in every <laughs> anime ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. The street on the street past that is covered with uh, shops on either side, and those I don't remember if they were open or not that late at night. This is like two a.m. But if you as you get past that, you get to the actual temple, and there that's where all the food stalls were, and there was a ton of food. I mean, it was okonomiyaki. They had yakisoba. They had um. Uh, um, takoyaki. They had hot dogs on sticks that were shaped in funny shapes. They had uh, candied fruit, like uh, the candied mikons, like the candied like tangerines are just unbelievable. Um, just the overall spectacle of being out there 
And there's so much like electricity in the air and so much energy in that night that like, even though it's middle of the night, you just don't feel tired at all. And it's just such a neat thing. So if any of you have a chance to go to Japan during Hatsumode for New Year's, wow, it is such a cool time of year. And there's so much neat shit you can do in Japan during the New Year's. I just fully recommend anybody go to Japan during, like, spring is great because of the cherry blossoms, but I would say, like, during New Year's has got to be one of the other better times to go to Japan just because of all the cultural experiences. So that's just a little tidbit of, like, a of little, of little, little of what goes on in Japan during New Year's and some of my own personal experiences, so... Hopefully you guys um, get some cool takeaways from that. I mean, technically anyone's first time to a Japanese temple is Hatsumode, but I, I agree sure. with what you're saying where it's like, it's all about going when everyone else is during New Year's. See, I, yeah. I celebrated the Japanese New Year, AKA the New Year by, uh, we got mochi, which is a big, uh, big, you know, sweet to have the day of. And we had that on New Year's day. And I know they do like mochi, mochi pounding events at like <laughs> the local like uh, Japanese supermarket. I, I didn't do it, but uh, and that's I how I broke happening. my hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Have you seen those guys <laughs> making mochi chopping? with the hammers? Oh, it's, I love it. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's like uh, this mochi's got blood in it. Weird. So we find out that <laughs> Mason actually has a robot arm. It's those extra red beans. <laughs> I can see right. Mason being pretty good at that. Actually, he's he's probably pretty good at pounding some mochi. Would, you, would I be the uh, the slapper guy who throws out like <laughs> the flour like powder, or would I be the hammer mm. boy? Uh, ooh, you'd be the one who throws out mm. the powder. Gotcha. Slap okay. slaps it there each it time. Mm. I can do it. Mm. I can do it. So it is. I'm really so good at that is. like that knife game where you go put it between your fingers and like jump Are around. Are you? Yeah, I could probably you show do that. off right now. Yeah, right now let's do it. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's that's great audio. Just. Oh yeah, yeah. And then a scream. Just let me slap my, just let me slap myself in the face a bunch of times. Like, I just, you know. No, Mason would be like, "See, perfect." That his hands just covered in blood. Just pulling, That'd be Mason. just looking like Thorkel over here, just like, oh yeah. no, missing a finger. Tiny spoiler. I'm so sorry. Spoiler. I would have pointed out that spoiler was coming, but I uh, didn't have the appendages to do so. Anyway. Mandy, what topics did you bring about? Yeah, let's hear some more. Oh, you don't want to go? I mean, I can. He's well, so sexy. He, so, sh- shorter. He's okay, so selfless. He's like, I'm just going to surrender my time. <laughs> well, these aren't as topical. So I just had two brief topics I wanted to touch on. Uh, the first was the new Made in Abyss movie that's coming out. Uh, spoiler, there's a new Made in Abyss movie coming out soon. Um it was re-rated by like the film industry board, you know, the same kind of corporation on that does like the PG, PG thirteen R ratings in the states. They have that in mm-hmm. Japan, and the movie went from a PG twelve to a R fifteen plus, which essentially oh. means originally it was categorized for you know the PG twelve oh means my God. like parents and guardians <laughs> uh, like can give permission for their children under twelve to watch it. Uh, their 15, R15 plus is essentially the same as the American R, which is no children under 15 is allowed to watch this. Wow. How did they let that slip? Which, which tells me two things. One, they're going to go all in with this movie. This is going to be a dark piece of work, which I am excited for. But I was, what was more interesting, which I have not seen before, was that they were offering refunds to anyone who had already like purchased tickets ahead of time who now wouldn't be mm-hmm. able to attend, which I've never really 
like heard or seen of before. I guess like you really don't pre-order tickets like months in advance for like American cinema. Perhaps you do, but like I've never heard of like a a, a movie getting re-rated to a different group and then it's like, oh, well, you bought a ticket, but you can't watch it anymore. Okay, bye. Didn't that happen with Deadpool? Didn't that happen where a lot of people thought, oh, Deadpool is going to be kid friendly and then they re- did refund a bunch of them because they were like, no, this movie is not for kids. Yeah, but that movie was always an R rating. I think people mm. just assumed it would be like a superhero one. Yeah, and I went to yeah. see it and was like, oh, this is not. Let me. Uh, this cause is not a f- for kids. Yeah, ruckus. Yeah. I think this was like, because originally this was a PG-12 movie. It wasn't like they were intending it one way or another. It was just rated mm. by the film board and then they revised it. So I'm not sure of the logistics, but I thought that was an interesting piece of news. R15 I is. I can definitely see why they did that, though. Because yeah. there's some stuff in. Yeah. Being abyss, I would not want to show my, my very young child. <laughs> R15 is pretty intense, though. I mean, that's like, to me, that feels like somewhere between our R and our NC17 because yep. if, if you're with a 17-year-old and you're 15, you can see an R-rated movie. But if you're, I mean, no, R, yeah, no R15 one under 15 plus, can see it. That's intense. I mean, wow. So hmm. I think that also just makes me that much more excited for the movie. I'm not excited for it to come out. Um, the other topic I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking off our last episode where we looked at a bunch of shows that we know nothing about. We read a synopsis, we watched a PV, but we, you know, at the end of the day, unless we've read a lot of the manga, we're just kind of guessing as to what shows, you know, fit our aesthetics, fit what we are looking for. So I went back just to see how well of a job like PVs do at capturing material and watched a bunch of PVs from the just finished season to see. Know, knowing what I know now, do I think that those PVs did a good job of like capturing what was good, what was bad, the style of the anime, mm-hmm. and see like can we trust PVs when we're you know trying to I'd love to know make answer. our picks? So I, I watched a bunch of them and I kind of like grouped them into like three different sections. And a lot of these shows had like multiple PVs that came out. So the you know vision of fairness, I tried to just watch the first one. You know, use that as the you know, only what came out first, only what we would have gotten at the beginning to judge. And there was a group of PVs um, that were like very short and really just showed the style of something, but it didn't tell us anything about like what the show would be about. And like an example of that is No Guns Life or Outburst Dreamer Boys, which had, you know, really represented what the show looked like and showed what visual flair it would have, but gave no sense of pacing or tone or like anything. They were just... No visual pieces that kind of did nothing. Uh, Kabukicho Sherlock was similar where it had a super like swinging soundtrack and a bunch of crazy visuals, which the show would go on to have. But if it wasn't for the name of having Sherlock and me knowing, oh, well, it's going to be a mystery show, uh, the PV would have done nothing to introduce what that would have been like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the, it looks sort of like I would assumed it was like da-da-da-da. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it was bounce, like it was fun. It was engaging and it's definitely captured mm-hmm. that style of the show. But I would have been like, what am I going to see when I start watching this? Uh, the other set of shows uh, or PVs, I should say, represented their shows well, but not as extreme as the shows would end up being. For example, uh, Azure Lane was just showing a bunch of the the girls as battleships. And I was like, oh, it's going to be that kind of show. 
but the show was so much more extreme in how many characters they had and just being a hey here's the mobile game but the characters like i don't know i just it didn't go far enough especially so with uh kandagawa jet girls like i rewatched that pv and there was fan service all over the place and i'm like oh well those are a bunch of warning signs for me but even that didn't like reveal to me that it was going to be literal like you know nudity and hentai in it like well not hentai but just it it was like it showed nothing but fan service and even that didn't capture how much fan service the show had like it was almost impressive how (laughs) much they were able to censor it um babylon looked pretty darn close to what the show would end up being it's just a mystery but you know with all mysteries kind of like with sherlock you don't know if it's going to be a good mystery or not or what kind of mystery it will be about so it, it did a fair job the ones I thought were the most interesting was uh, Null Petta, which was a short that I reviewed or impressed on a while ago. Um, and it was just a really cutesy opening, but it definitely did not showcase like the darker themes that the show would get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, stars they had that one. And once again, like oh, a PV, I usually expect a show to be putting their best foot forward visually. They should be. And and the Beastars PV, I mean, we've talked about it before, doesn't look great looks very concerning and even looking at it now knowing that it's a scene a scene from the show it still looks bad but the show looks phenomenal so i don't know how they chose the worst part to show because yeah the show nonstop from the beginning it doesn't like take time to get used to to look good it looks good from the start so i don't know how maybe they touched up maybe they pulled the sonic and saw everyone complaining about the pv and tweaked it slightly but I don't know how they made it look so bad in the PV. Uh, that's my way of saying Beastars is good people. Check it out. So I think the lesson I learned was PVs are not to be trusted most of the time. <laughs> um, but a lot of them just kind of show you what, you know, things will look like. But as far as quality or style of a show in the writing component, obviously it doesn't. Like I, I got no plot out of any of these. Obviously it's a commercial, but I don't know. That's kind of what my uh, preliminary research shows. So we'll play play this game again in a couple months and see how the how this season compares. We, Don't judge an anime by its PV cover. Exactly. Just everyone, <laughs> just watch the episode of stuff. That's Everybody how you judge just it. Read the manga. <laughs> we used to have us. I mean, we used to call it getting PV'd. Like you'd watch the PV and you'd be like. This looks so awesome, and then you watch the anime, and it'd be like, "This isn't. This is not what I signed up for, at all. Totally misled." <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was glad that nothing felt like I was lied to. Nothing was like super bombastic, and it ended up being like nothing like the PV. Uh, Rifle is beautiful. Was kind of close, but because that's kind of a aimless show about a bunch of stuff, it really didn't portray that it just kind of focused on one of the things of nothing that it talked about so sure that's all i've got that's pretty fun i uh, like that, i like that you did that thank you yeah um i put down a bunch of topics i don't know how many i'll get through i'll probably skip over some of them <laughs> we'll see i just 
bunch of stuff that came up in my mind. I was like, I'm going to talk about this. But um, the first one was that I thought was interesting is that the world and Economica got kickstarted as an anime adaptation. And for those who don't know what that is, it's a it was a, a kinetic visual novel by the cre- um, by the mang- um, the author Isuna Hasekura, who is the author behind Spice and Wolf. Mm. So um, the visual novel uh, has really good scores on Steam. And as far as I know, it's only currently available on Steam in English, but the developers are working on a PlayStation port of it. Uh, I played it a while ago, and um, when I say kinetic visual novel, and this was this was I don't know this is, it's it's going to be for it's not for everybody. A kinetic visual novel means that you get no choices in it. It's pretty much just like playing a fully colored manga, basically that has some music and sometimes you get vocals in it or you know like voice acting. So this pl- one does not have so voice playing acting. it is a stretch of a word. Exactly. Okay. It's not a game. It's like you're just reading a, like, clicking through a comic book, basically. Gotcha. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this, um, but a lot of people really love the story in World End Economica, and um, the story is, it's a sci-fi. It, it's uh, based on a lot of the, um, like, business kind of side, just like Spice and Wolf was. It's set on the moon, where humans have colonized the moon, and now, but the uh, people who live on the moon, it's a very uh, capitalist society, and so you need a lot of money to survive there. <laughs> and uh, the main character, Hal, is this boy who goes to uh, live on the moon he starts uh, working in the trademark uh, trade stock or trade market I'm sorry in um, like trading stock sorry and then he meets these other two women who are part of a church and starts living with them and so he starts working through uh, the trade um, stocks and to make money for both him and to help them out and uh, it's basically about like their bond and just his business and um that one, it's um, the Kickstarter got like 14 million yen. Damn. I don't know what the equivalent is. That like I don't know if that's if is that is that good for an anime? Hmm. That's what like a hundred thousand. It's like a hundred. Yeah, so yeah, like roughly. What about the other anime um, Kickstarters? I don't know how much they typically make. I don't think that's. But let's see here. Um, there was. Um, I had a source that said how much like an episode of Cowboy Bebop cost, and that was twenty years, some years ago, and it was twenty million an episode. Hmm. So, but and, I was thinking like for a Kickstarter. Oh, I'm not really sure, but but a hundred million, but fourteen million yen wouldn't get you uh, much of like an anime. Uh, I would that assume was all, that was all. If that was all you had. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where that is a like the stepping stone to say, oh look, there's interest in this medium. Now we can bring this to producers and say mm. hey we've r- raised this much we've proved there's a market foot the rest of the bill please I'm, I'm not sure well i know that they are working on it i don't know if it, it met its goal but uh yeah so i'm actually interested in this because uh yeah kinetic visual novels aren't really my thing i prefer having some choice in my visual novels so i think i prefer seeing it in an anime and it's something that um 
that is not very well known, but the people who do love this guy's work apparently love this story. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in I don't know when that's going to come out. You can just but... hold a mouse in your hand, watch the anime and click a bunch and be like, ah, it's the kinetic visual novel once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except now you have voice acting. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and also, The Way of the House Husband's manga got a live-action promotional video, and I wanted to just briefly talk about that. <laughs> let it, let it be known. Yeah, just to let it be known, guys. Go watch it, because it's so great. Um, it's available on YouTube. If you just look up, like, Way of the House Husband live-action, you'll find it. But they did a live-action promotional video for the manga, and I'm just, I'm so excited for more, guys. This is the one about the uh, Yakuza boss who quits, be quits being a Yaku Yakuza boss and instead takes, takes care of the house while his... Uh, wife is at work and uh, he deals with everyday household chores in the way a Yakuza would. <laughs> it's so great. I love it so much. It's about five minutes long and the uh, the guy, it is live action, but they dubbed over the guy's voice with a professional voice actor who is a Kenjiro Suda, who if you're watching... Um, Blade of the Immortal right now. He's playing Manji. And so his voice is perfect. Perfect for that character. It's so good. But yeah, I loved it. You should go watch it because it's great. Mandy, um, as a point of comparison, I see Rose in the chat suggested oh. looking at the looking at the Little Witch Academia Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. uh, Little Witch Academia 2 had um a kick they got sixty seven million four hundred thousand yen for Little Witch Two. Yeah. But, I mean, Little Witch was already pretty massive because of the OVA, right? Well, more than Economica, I doubt anyone even knows about it. I, I more or less agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that's... I don't know if that is impressive because no one knows about it. I don't know. But uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about... There was one that I was going to talk about, but I could probably talk about in um, in uh, like new releases sometimes. That one was just... Um, the manga art is getting a an anime adaptation in spring. We can talk, probably talk about that one later. The other one that I thought is really fascinating is that uh, Yuki Kaji is playing a hotel concierge in a live action interactive movie, which is good because I just <laughs> talked about the Bandersnatch on Hobby Addicts, but now Japan is making one, and it is by the creator of Rampa, which Ooh. is very interesting. But the movie is called Death Come True. It's by the by uh, Kazutaka Kodaka and his uh, like new company, and uh, he is the creator of Diamond Rampa. But there's also people in there who worked on uh, the No Escape series. So this is very interesting to me because it's um, all live action, and I'm so curious how it's going to function. But uh, the story takes place in a hotel, and the main character Makoto Karaki is a wanted serial killer. However, he has lost all his memories. Under such circumstances, when he dies, he has a mysterious ability to time leap and return to the past. As he's being chased as a criminal, who can he trust? Who should he be wary of? What is his true identity? The man searches to find the truth as he repeats decisions and death. And I think it's interesting that uh, the act, the actors in this are, uh, from what I can tell, are voice actors. Like, Yuki Kaji's in it. The main character is being played by Kanata Hongo, who has done voices in Rampa. And I don't know. I'm I'm very interested. I like these, like, interactive movies now. They're pretty neat. It's 
something new I think is really cool. And I love mysteries. Like I love the No Escape series so much. You're going to start getting walkthrough, uh, walkthroughs from movies. Like how to get the good ending. Yeah. And you like main characters who uh, don't remember anything like Disco Elysium. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm into the amnesia, amnesia guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm into the people but, who don't even know themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's apparently coming out sometime this year. I don't know when. Uh, the company that the guy owns now is called Izanagi Games. Mm. And uh, there is a trailer on YouTube. You can search for it. Just look for Death Come True. You can find it. There's not much in there, but you can see, like, just, like, what I guess the actor looks like. <laughs> uh, there's not really any kind of hint in there how it's going to work. But, yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be similar to the Bandersnatch. And I'm hoping, I don't know, I hope we get an English subtitle version. I don't know. I think it's apparently coming out on the Switch. Oh, this what? Year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know how if we will ever get something like that. If it's going to be exclusively Japan, that might be a lot for them to subtitle. I don't know. I'm curious though. We'll find out. Thanks for putting it on our radar. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to check it out. This is a new thing that's happening. Interactive movies. It's a it's yeah. A, it's a fun uh-huh. twist on uh, interactive novels. So. Okay. Well, I think that was a lot of good topics. Um, Very topical. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just want to make a quick note about Mandy's thing that we'll talk about later. If you were like, what's this manga art she's talking about? It's the manga, comma, it's called art, A-R-T-E. If you want to look it up, Mm -hmm. just we blew by it and someone might be a little confused. So that's what you can look up if you're interested. But we'll talk about it later for sure yeah i thought it'd probably be good for new releases exactly exactly. but with that let's move into our second weekly trivia yeah so we have a question for you that we will answer after the break the question is which of the following thor characters do not exist in vinland saga is it thor's thorbin thorkel or thorfinn (laughs) Mm, (laughs) tricky (laughs) or thor barden oh We will answer it after the break. Uh, The answers of Thor Barden will not be counted. (laughs) Anime Addicts, this is Mitsugi. And I'm bringing you yet another anime news break, starting off with a very interesting news story as Netflix has added 32 additional episodes of the 1986 Saint Seiya anime with English dub and subtitles for those of you that are particularly uh, enjoying the dubs these days. Netflix's, quote, fourth season of the anime is going to include episodes 42 through 73 of the series, and this will be available in North America. They began streaming the first 41 episodes of the anime back in October, so it's uh, pretty exciting stuff that Netflix is continuing to take on both new and old titles of anime in dub format. Netflix also has now listed for the U.S. audiences Dragon Quest Your Story, the Dragon Quest game franchise's first 3D CG anime film. So, if you are a big fan of those titles, check them out on Netflix as soon as you're able. 
Next up, another manga going on hiatus, perhaps just a short one. Dr. Stone, the manga, is taking a one-issue break due to the author Boichi's sudden illness. It looks like it will not be in uh, the an upcoming issue of Weekly Shonen Jump, but Boichi and Dichiro Inaka's Dr. Stone manga will be planned to continue after the illness of Boichi is resumed. They didn't really specify what the illness was. The series is slated to resume in the 8th issue on January 20th, so you won't have to wait very long at all to get that. Next up, we have another news story here about Persona 5 getting a stage play, a new run in October of 2020. You have plenty of time to plan and make a trip to Japan if you're not in the country. Looks like it will receive a new run in Yokohama and Osaka in the fall of 2020. And the play will again star... Uh, Hiroki Ino, Kohei Shiota, and others for the casting of the show. The first play sta- stage play of Persona 5 ran at Hotel Miel Parku, Osaka, from December 13th through the 15th, and then followed up in different locations in Tokyo. If you're a big fan of this title, which shipped for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 in Japan back in 2016 and also North America in 2017, well, you can head over to Japan what it will probably be a very lovely fall season and check out the stage play in the fall in Osaka or Tokyo. And lastly, a new anime season has been announced. The Mahokakoko no Retose, a.k.a. also known as the regular Magic High School series, announced that they will be having its second season that will premiere in July of 2020. Aniplex also has a 15-second commercial that you can watch. Second season is being directed by Risako Yoshida, who worked on other titles related to the franchise at Studio 8-Bit. And returning staff includes illustrators, character designers, music composers, uh, including Taku Iwasaki, who's done a lot of really fantastic work throughout his career, and um, lots of main cast members from the original season. So if you're a fan of the regular Magic High School, look forward to the summer 2020 season as a sequel is coming out with much of the same staff involved. So you'll be able to enjoy that pretty soon. This is Mitsugi, and this was your anime news break. Now, getting back to the podcast right now. Anime Addicts, winter is back, and that means Japan is no longer hot, so the chocolates are safe. And JList.com knows this, and they're offering lots of new chocolate treats for your enjoyment straight from Japan. You can head over to JList.com or JBox.com, their non-adult mirror site, and experience some of the most incredible chocolate snacks straight from Japan. They have dozens and dozens of Kit Kat flavors, including the legendary Green Tea Kit Kat, which is probably my favorite. The Melty Kiss Delectable Chocolates, which come in lots of different flavors. Pocky flavors that you'll only find in Japan. And so much more. All these products are around $3 or less. So you can get quite a lot of yummy chocolate snacks straight from Japan for a very, very small amount of money. Head over to JList.com or again, the JBox.com, the non-adult mirror site, and get your chocolate and Japanese snack fix. Hey. Steve Bloom here, voice of Spike Spiegel, Vincent Valentine. Leron from Gurren Lagan, Gioman from Digimon, and a bunch of other crap. And I am a total anime addict, dude. <laughs> Tune in, or else. You know me? Of course! <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Welcome back to to the podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. Which of the following Thors is not a character in Vinland Saga? Is it Thors, Thorbin, Thorkel, or Thorfinn? I think Ooh, it came, I don't know I, about this one. I think I did a pretty good job of picking a fake Thor name that sounded uh, plausible, right? You know, uh, for people who are listening to this in the uh, on on Twitch when we do the news breaks, we have a you know uh, a screen that pops up that sh- just reads the question back, so you can look at it while you wait. And I don't know where it's from if it's the Reddit or Twitter B, but I wanted the B in Thorbin to be that like <laughs> the thick B. I thought the that'd be fun. The, what, what's the what's the Reddit B? You know that they put in all the memes. I wanted that one to, to, to oh. be there. Anyway, I'll look it up. The answer is Thorbin. Thorbin is fake. Thor's is Thorfinn's father, and Thorkel is Mandy's husband. Mm. So very accurate. So I thought so too. <laughs> Thorkel is my religion, guys. <laughs> wow, the religion of Thor of, Thor, of mm-hmm. uh, Thorkel. Um. Yeah. So, guys, one more quick reminder about our exclusive RSS feed that uh, you can now get on our website. When you become a member on our website and help us out and support the podcast, we, we of course, love you very much if you do so. You can now get an exclusive RSS feed that will let you access our hentai episodes, our hobby addicts, and our after parties, which is probably like, I would say roughly like seven hours of extra content a month. Um, all via your favorite app that you listen to on your that you use that you use on your phone. Listen to podcasts. It'll work on the Podcast Addicts, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcast app, Castbox, Overcast FM, all that stuff. There's a member RSS uh, button on the top of our website. You more or less just copy paste the link into your app, and it'll work. So all of that when you uh, sign up, now you can listen to all of our extra content easier than ever. So thanks again for helping out the show. So. Uh, are you guys ready for the uh, uh, the uh, five star review? Sure am. Yes. All right, let's hop right to it. It's time for iTunes review. This comes from Grass Nijerkud. Maybe. <laughs> it's spelled Grass N D J R K J D. I'm going oh, with Oh, okay. Now n- I see where n- you're struggling. Nadirk did. Um mm. and you can be like You can yeah. be like Mr. Grass and uh leave your own five-star review. Uh no other, no other review is allowed on iTunes and we will read it on the podcast. And they write uh best anime podcast. Love all of them. They feel like a family which makes things cozy. Short and mm. sweet. I like it. Thank you very much. Guys, um, we aren't, we're not out of five-star reviews, but we are somewhat low on them. So if you haven't gone to iTunes yet and submitted a review, um, please help us keep this like four-year streak of never having, never, I've never not having a five-star review to read alive on the podcast. Head over to iTunes and write us a quick five-star review to to help us um, keep the streak alive. So would appreciate that very much. Don't even need to come up with a clever u- username. Just be like Mr. Grass and it, 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 pound on the keyboards and yeah, write just in smash the keyboard. Topic. I'm, I'm exactly. angry. We we appreciate it immensely. 
We do. And we love you forever. Guys, is it game time? Oh, boy. Hey, guys. <laughs> I feel like I need some epic Mandy, music. Are we going to talk about Vikings? No, no, no. It's going to be like a very much a sit down. It's like <laughs> Mandy here, and we're talking about villain saga today. Guys, yeah. I have a lot to talk about. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, villain saga. As t- everyone probably knows already, this is my favorite manga series. I absolutely love villain saga a lot, so I was very excited to talk about this. And uh, it was adapted by Wit Studio and directed by Shuhei Yabuta, who also, who's also the director for Inuyashiki. But let me tell let me tell you something about Vinland Saga here. <laughs> it is a manga by Makoto Yukimura, who Mason mentioned earlier. He's also the mangaka behind Planetess. And it is a very it's based very loosely on Iceland a few different Icelandic texts from the 13th century. The uh saga of Greenlanders, the saga of Eric the Red, and a bit of the um the Knut Linga saga, which is about Knut. And so most of the characters that you will see in the series are real people who actually existed. Although n- most of them, there are some that were created just for the anime, but although, uh, where they existed in real life or in slightly different times, the, uh, I'll talk about that more in spoiler section because I anything I know this is history, but anything that I talk about is going to spoil shit. So, <laughs> but basically, it is following the entire life of Thorfinn from childhood to adulthood, and Thorfinn is this uh, boy who was born to this great warrior named Thor's, and through events, he gets roped into the. Uh, invasion of England, the Viking invasion of England, and he is also knows about this this to them a magical world known as Vinland where there is no war and there is no slavery. So it's also about his adventures trying to get to this world, to this other place of existence and it is a very long saga. Fair warning. <laughs> and you can tell that right at the end of the series where it says end of prologue. So yeah, end of prologue. <laughs> it's a very long series. Yes. So, yeah, that's basically Vinland Saga in a very tiny nutshell. And I'm going to go very deep into it later on. So, But first of all, do we want to talk about what our expectations were going into it? Uh, I expected it to be pretty epic. I mean, I, we had heard a fair amount of it, a fair amount from Mandy already. The um, I watched a little bit of it before I binged it this week. Uh, very bingeable show, by the way. I will say the um, yeah. I mean, I I mean, based on what I saw, I thought we were gonna get tons of uh, just k- killing people and uh, an epic adventure. And I and I f- figured it was gonna be pretty damn good. So that's kind of what I was thinking. So I had read a couple volumes of the manga many years back because it's often brought up as like a follow up to the Berserk manga when you need the next thing to read. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, I'm a big fan of Planet Tests. So this was always on my radar, um, especially with Mandy being a constant reminder with her enthusiasm for it. So I was always looking forward. I've got got books. Books for days. (laughs) I was always looking forward to uh, what Wit Studio could do with the property because Wit has been on fire lately. And uh, so I had pretty optimistic 
you know, aspirations for what this would be when I started it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I already knew what I was expecting going in because Vinland Saga is my, my favorite manga. But going into the manga, I will say that I always had this very strange, strange fascination with Vikings. <laughs> and I originally found Vinland Saga because I was specifically looking for an anime slash manga based on Vikings. And I looked it up and it's like, this is the only one that existed. And this was like, I don't know five years ago, but uh, I don't know, there's always just something so mysterious around Vikings and who they really were, because a lot of the tales uh, that we have of those days contain a lot of fantasy, and the characters are very larger than life, and who could perform these godly feats, and to this day historians are, like, trying to piece together, pick out what was real and what was fantasy, because we do have evidence that there were historical events in these tales, but um yeah, they always had a lot of embellishments on theirs. So uh, I was very fat. I was just, I was, as soon as I learned of the saga, I was like, I have to have this. So I start reading it and I couldn't get enough of it. So, and so going into the anime though, um, I was very worried. I Five years ago, I never thought it was going to exist, ever, because I thought it was going to be impossible to adapt. It, um, I didn't think people really had an interest in Viking tales, <laughs> except for crazy people like me. And the manga deals with a lot of different kind of languages, and, because, and, and it's easy to do in manga because you can show those with different style, types of fonts. And I mean, these are, and I, there's no way they were going to find all these different, like, people who could speak these languages in anime. You're like, you gotta deal with, like, Old Norse, Old English, and sometimes French. And I was like, they'll never find, I don't know how they're gonna do this. It's gonna be awkward. So, uh, I was very worried going into it. But that'll lead us into what were your spoiler-free recommendations? Um, pretty easy to recommend Vinland Saga to everybody except people who can't handle violence. Uh, it is very violent. Um, it's like berserk level violence for the most part. Yeah. There's not a lot of gore in it. Like there's no, in, in it, there's no entrails spilling out, you know, like I feel like the days of spilling entrails has kind of was like, it's like reserved for the eighties and like early nineties. It's not, it's not that grotesque, but man, Oh my God. So many people die. I mean, there must be, I don't, I mean, you can't count them. I mean, they're they're They probably killed 10,000 people and they show every one of them being killed um, at least. And there's so much blood. I mean, it's just insane. And not only is there a lot of blood, but there's a lot of blood like against snow. Like there's a lot of, a lot of this takes place in the snow and there is just like, you're to see a field of, of a giant snow field of just p dead people with like just tons of blood everywhere. So if you can't handle violence, I mean, you're pretty much not going to be able to watch it. Um, otherwise, yeah, like it's, it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the easiest, I usually really struggle with the 24 episode or 26 episode, like week binge, because I just, I find myself filling every spare minute of the week with it because it's about how much time I've got. And, um, this one was easy. Like it was real easy. Like, um, you know, I did like four episodes a night. It was just like, Real, real easy. Yeah, super easy to recommend. Um, I would definitely recommend the series to people. Uh, I watched it with my family over the holiday break, and it was an enjoyable time. It's so wild. It's uh, a, 
it's got history for people who like that, but not so much so that it bogs it down. And it's kind of like Mandy said, that legendary fantastical history where it kind of goes into these embellished tales to kind of build these grand characters, which goes to the next point, which is it's got violence, it's got tactics, but that doesn't ever overshadow like the characterization that it builds up. It's got themes of religion. It's got greed, family, loyalty. And even though it's on a complete work, like the story is not over, I thought it ended at a very satisfying place where I'm not like, oh, you're going to be just left off on a huge cliffhanger and wanting more. And you're like, oh, I should have just waited till the next season comes out. Like, no, it ends at a pretty good place. But despite all that, I recommend the manga more than this. And I feel like we're going to talk about that a bunch. (laughs) But this is such a good introduction into like the medium of anime for new fans. But this is an even better introduction into the medium of manga for those who are like, Mm-hmm. Ooh, I've been I've been trying to pick it up. I don't know where to start. Like, I'm, I'm really I've just always been an anime person. I've never wanted to dip my toe into the manga pool. Uh, now's your chance. Now's a great way to get into that. And so, yeah, watch the anime and read the manga. That's my recommendation. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I also, I mean, maybe I'm just coming from at it from a very biased view, but I do recommend the manga more so. But that doesn't mean I think this is bad. I thought they did a really good job of adapting it, other than like a few like maybe weird CG moments here and there. Um, and I, I, it does it does start at a very different point than it does in the manga and I think I preferred how the manga started because it gets you right into the action I can also kind of see why they chose to do it this way um, which I'll talk about later on because the manga did originally start as a shonen manga a weekly shonen manga which was very wild but uh, and that went on for 28 chapters until Makoto finally said I can't deal with this weekly rush I want a different tone for my manga and switched switched it over to seinen a monthly seinen manga so we have more freedom and it's very obvious where that happens if you read this and i think they tried to maybe introduce some of the more violent parts at the very beginning to kind of ease you into that transition um and i also think they had to pad it out because they had a very set number of uh, of chapters and they had to end at this very specific point because from this specific point on it's a time jump so um Maybe that's also why there's some anime scenes only in this. But yeah, I highly recommend checking it out. If you're if you just really cannot read manga, definitely check out the anime because I did still really love and enjoy it. So, yeah. And now I guess we will jump into spoiler section. And more than most other reviews, this is going to be spoilers. Yes. Highly. That's why I can't even talk about history because don't read Wikipedia articles, guys. So some shows I'm like, eh, it's spoilers, but you can, a lot of the big moments in this show we will be discussing. So please, I encourage you to go give the show a chance if you haven't yet. And then we'll forgive you coming back to us later after you leave the five-star review. Okay. Spoilers are coming. Oh my God. Hi guys, oh. Saga. <laughs> I kind of want to begin at the beginning, if that's all right with you. But this is this um, is your ship to lead. 
Yeah, I was going to say, do you mind if I just give kind of like a very little um, introduction to where we are in the point of history? Because I, as I was saying before, I couldn't really talk about it, but um, they, these, these are different sagas that are happening and each of them are happening um, in like, from what we know of history happened at slightly different times because now that we are in spoiler section, if you if you are still here and do not want to be spoiled, you better leave right now because I'm about to spoil everything. <laughs> but in um, history, uh, King Canute, Canute became the king of England in about 1016 AD. And during this time, Thorfinn was already on his journey to Vinland in about 1010 AD. So as I was saying before, before spoilers, because I didn't want to drop that on everybody, but, uh, they, these sagas are, have all existed, but Makoto blended them together because he just wanted to get all of them in at the exact same time. So all these characters could interact with each other. So as far to my knowledge, Thorfinn wasn't in Knut's saga. So that's kind of like where he blended them together. But, um, the, uh, manga, an anime, um, start at a very specific point in history, which is 987 AD. To give you a little bit idea of what's going into this, um, the, it's towards, it's towards the end of the Viking period. And, uh, what you can expect from this anime and whether or not it did a good job of portraying this time, uh, historically at this point, at this point in time when we meet very young Thors, uh, Sweden Forkbeard was the king of Denmark and, uh, at 986. And Sweden's father, Harold Bluetooth, was starting to introduce Christianity to Denmark and was the first Scandinavian king to be baptized. And Sweden, uh, revolted against his father and pushed him into exile and eventually took the throne. Around that time, Sweden started to persecute Christians and, uh, then he went on to become the king of Norway and eventually England in 1013, and he adopted Christianity again, but people think it was more of a political move. So if you're wondering why why the anime has all this kind of stuff, information in it, this is why it's like, this. that's what was going on during this time in history. And um, and yes, when was the father of Canute, and Canute did eventually take the throne. But uh, yeah, where do, where, where do you guys want to start? Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess I just wanted to bring up like, so I watched the first three episodes of this when they dropped this one like set back with the discord because mm-hmm. it came out like three episodes at once. And honestly, I was super underwhelmed. Like, I don't blame the anime for this as they like you said, they chose to tell the story chronologically rather than jumping right into the present day most interesting part as the manga does. Um, so I was like, uh, villain saga. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not really feeling it. Um, and I'm definitely glad I went back and touched base on it again, but I remember not coming away with the best first impression with this show. I think we watched it together and I was like, yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, Mandy, maybe this is not, maybe it's not going to be that great. Like I've, I've read the manga, like I know it gets good, but I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it when we started, but I'm a little bit different mind now. <laughs> I guess first thing is I want to talk about the art, though. Oh, my gosh. The backgrounds. Uh, so You want to just jump straight into the art? I mean, uh, or, or do you want to do the plot stuff first? Let's do plot stuff first. Okay. That's usually how we order things. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. There's no rules. There's one rule. Okay. Um, 
I so like I guess I mentioned after the first three episodes I wasn't a huge fan of it uh but kind of from episode four through episode 12 I thought was by far my favorite part of the season the the growing up of Thorfinn the his integration into the uh the tribe with Askeladd and kind of their adventures as going around the seas uh in in England, all that stuff I thought was by far my favorite part. And kind of up into the first confrontation with Oracle was peak villain saga for me. And was by far what I wanted the series to be for the whole time. Um, I think when they, you know, first kind of got to Wales and then started to trek across England was it just slowed in quality. Not slowed in quality, but just... Like the the characters in the snow itself, I felt like it slowed a bunch then. And I think that's what you mentioned was a lot of the anime original scenes where they kind of padded out for time to get to the ending that mm. they did. That was the part of the show that I was the least engaged with. Thoughts? Yes. Well, the well. Um, the anime only scenes were Thorfinn as a young boy with um, with Askeladd because a lot of that is skipped in the manga. In the manga, it begins that one um, scene where they are raiding that um, you know, and they the the um, there's that English um, I can't remember who it is, the toad looking guy. Yeah, the guy <laughs> you who, know what I'm talking who about? looks like straight out of uh, Spirited Away. Yes. Who uh, is like, I'm sending my guys towards the front line and we can't do yeah. anything to get up this waterfall. And yes, you know, he's where he is already commander. in battle. And I, then Ascalad's land or Ascalad's team come up and we're like, hey, we'll get in there for you. And they carry their boats across land and uh, raid them and then steal away the treasures. That was the beginning of the manga. And then yeah. we get like in the manga, we get that kind of um, like mystery of like, oh, uh, Thorfinn obviously hates this guy. What happened to them? And then after they steal away the treasures, it goes back in time to mm-hmm. Thor's and we learn, oh, this is why Thorfinn history, has... Yeah this grudge against him this is what happened so um i don't know i think i kind of like the mystery part of it in the manga more so than the anime no i agree that was, i definitely agree but i don't yeah. grudge them for doing it in chronological yeah, order no. it makes it a lot Same. easier to follow especially for you know people uh i guess one thing i just really dislike in general is when a character is visually designed to be like that toad guy that you mentioned, who's just obviously mm-hmm. a bad person and it physically manifests themselves in like this over the top, uh, very, grumpy way. <laughs> very shown in days. It is. It is. And like, I <laughs> don't mind a lot. the over the top, like <laughs> physical abilities of people and the fights and stuff, but to have like the design of this guy to be so like not in universe, it was just like, we get mm-hmm. it. We get it. He's a, a dumpy, goofy dude. But mm, I don't know. Never really. I mean, I, I I remember who you're talking about, but he never really. I don't think the thought that he's out of universe really ever t- t- crossed my mind. I mean, I mean, he's I'm almost just, better animated than a bunch of the other characters, though. Like the amount of detail they put into like all his teeth and his tongue and stuff is like way more than they gave to like li- some of the other guys. It's li- kind of it's kind of odd. Listen, half the time I'm watching anime, I'm just happy when the designs have some variability between characters. You know, like, I don't like it when the designs are so simple that it's almost like they don't spend any time on them at all. You know, they're anime where people just, like, have different hair color. And you could, like, and, you know, and it's and that's about it. So, like, this anime at least has a lot of characters, and they all look very different. Like, their heads are, like, there's the one guy looks like Duke Nukem. 
I mean, I, I used, was laughing my ass off all the damn time. Mandy holds up the manga with the guy's mouth. Yeah, this fork guy or frog guy. The um, frog boy. The what? The, what <laughs> what's the guy's name? Who's got? Who looks like Duke Nukem? Is it Floki? Um, yeah, yes. Floki. <laughs> yeah, I'm like everyone. Had, every everybody had everybody looked a little different, and I mean that that uh, that enough for me is it was like that's what I want usually. You know, that's like how I feel when I watch Monster. You know, like everybody looks different. Everyone looks very interesting, um, and. You know, I appreciate the effort that that goes into creating unique designs. So I don't know; it didn't bother me. Um, yeah, I guess one thing that I absolutely love about Villain Saga are the characters for me. Because, man, let me tell you, some of the character arcs in Villain Saga are pretty insane. <laughs> there are some characters who go from one side of the spectrum and progress all the way to the other side of the spectrum. And I think that goes along with the the plot believability of, uh, I do we want to start with Canute or start with uh, your favorite character and work our way down to least favorite? What, Thorkel? Yeah. Who has no character development because he doesn't need to develop because he's perfect. No, of course not. He's a fucking god. How can you get any better than that? Uh, But even then, (laughs) even he has like a reserve side that he shows at the end of the season where he's like, I'm a dumb, goofy boy who eats meat all day and fights all day. But I know when to like serve that support role and like provide guidance. He's like the Viking Hisoka. He's got the, yeah. He's like, I just want to fight really tough people. <laughs> I don't. I love him so much. Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of surprised by Thorkel by his quick. He he goes from being like this, uh, just crate like just cra- I, I don't even know what to call him. He, he's like a psych. He's like psychotic for half the show. He just wants to kill everything, um, and. He goes from that to like, you know, very, very, being very subservient very quickly, which I kind of thought was, I mean, you know, he may have like a motivation that is deeper that kind of backs that up, but that was a little quick for me. Canute, uh, I get that like he loses somebody important to him and that is, you know, going to have an impact on a person. He, Canute though, he like, he goes from being like unable to even talk to like, Ordering like groups of people around, like 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 in the snap of a finger. Canute snap, yo. Yeah, he yeah went, that's like, that's the one character growth that is, I think, could throw people off with how almost sudden it is. Mm. Not to say it's not believable or it doesn't, you know, make sense for what he went through, but it is a little sudden. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. The that so many of the characters in the show are really good. Um. I went from. I don't feel like Oscalod's character changed tremendously, but I the way I feel about him changed as a show. Yes, went on. right. Yeah, he. Um, That's what I told you before. I was he, like, give him some time. I mean, he went from being a <laughs> son of a bitch to, uh, you know, he's he's, he's still kind of a son of a bitch, but like, <laughs> he, I, but like, I really from, liked him. <laughs> he went from being a son of a bitch to being our son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really liked him, and he had some. He had a pretty fantastic moment at the end of the show. I mean, it was, and he's very smart and quick-witted. Like to to his the actions. I, I don't even know if I need to like say what he did. You know, it's just like an unnecessary spoiler. But at the end of the show, he does something that's very a very quick judgment call that is uh, turns out to be a very smart decision that kind of 
helps him accomplish everything he wants to to accomplish, but at a cost. And in that moment, you're in that moment. It's like you'll find out how you care about how much you like or dislike Oscalad because you have no, you have really have no choice. And he has like a like a very defining, powerful character moment at the end of the anime, at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really nice. God, I love Ascalad. Um, As I was saying before, Ascalad is one of those characters that isn't based on a historical figure, to my knowledge, at least. Um, they, he, I think he's based off of an old Norwegian folktale about Ascaladin, or a.k.a. Ashlad. And that was a tale of this young boy who always succeeds in uh, like places where others would fail. And he's, it's often compared to stories of the Norse god Loki, which seems to perfectly fit with Askeladd, as we know, in, by, in Vinland Saga. But um, to my knowledge, he's not a historical figure. But uh, despite that, he is one of my favorite characters in this series because he's also, he's also one of my favorite anti-heroes. Because when we first meet Askeladd, I we're not really sure of his goals. And I definitely agree. Like, we instantly want to hate him because yeah. he kills Thor's, this character that we're instantly attached to. He's so badass. And... Yeah, he also has like this seemingly disregard for any kind of notion of what's right and wrong. But we learn more of his backstory, his motivations. We find out that his goals are quite different than what we imagined. And he has this, I guess, I I guess it's okay to spoil it, but uh, he has this grand vision to end the Viking Age. I think that's why Makoto chose to do this towards the end of the Viking Age, because there are two different uh, two different uh, goals that we see throughout the entirety of Vinland Saga. Two different types of people who want to end the Vikings. Uh, one through peace, one through violence. And Askeladd wants to bring a bloody hammer of justice down upon them due to how they, um, due to his mother's uh, history. And that's something you're going to see throughout the entirety of Vinland Saga, but... Gosh, yeah, he's so intelligent, and yeah, I don't know. I just I love Ascalad so much. It's it's so hard to hate him, and like as soon as we learn more about him, like God, I just want to root for him. I mean, Ascalad <laughs> is by far my favorite character of this yeah. series. I I love the dichotomy between you know for almost like fifteen episodes worth. He's just the leader of the gang who fights and pillages and does mayhem and he's like the quintessential uh i don't care about anything viking leader and to have that switch of thing where all of this all of this mayhem all this chaos was all a controlled ambition marching towards something greater and to know that like almost everyone following him was just under the umbrella of we're vikings and we're gonna mess stuff up and he was channeling all of that danish fury into his spearheaded pointed goals and to have that like come from this one character which we always knew was smart he was always with it he what was it episode three or two when he like you know sniffs out the spy who gets like impaled by the spear like in the meeting with floki like he's always so sharp but we just (laughs) knowing that we still don't give him the credit that he has and to have that all like build up was amazing i love his uh Mm -hmm. Uh, statement that kids are annoying because boy Thorfinn is so screechy and dumb in this series and I think the key to the key to success for the inevitable season two is how they handle his growth moving on because at the end of the day he is still the main character despite what this 
first season will have you believe and kind of his impact of you know what he leaves on for Thorfinn to achieve is the key to you know what how it will go from here and that's what I'm extremely interested in but uh let me tell you guys adult Thorfinn (laughs) speaking of Thorfinn can we talk about him for a minute um yeah. Boy, life just shits all over <laughs> poor Thorfinn. Um, yeah. From start to finish, I mean, he he watches his father die, and it just consumes him completely. And that and and I, I, I this may be controversial. I don't know, but I don't like Thorfinn very much. I think I thought his character was very one dimensional. He just yeah, no, it's fine. He's, yeah, he's like, it's a lot of people have that impression of him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like this. He cries a lot. He screams a lot. He gets his ass kicked a lot. But his whole character is it's center. His whole character is based on one thing, and that's killing Oscalad. Everything he does, every action, every um, every emotional outburst, it's all it's all about killing Oscalad. And and then at the end, it all gets taken away from him. And he really should have just gone with Leif Erikson. And can we just say that Leif is the best the best boy? He's. I just want to. I mean. Him. I just want to it's hug hard him. to compete with Thorkel, but I mean, I just want to. But Leaf is just—he's just. This whole show is just full of assholes. Like they all just kill each other. They don't give a fuck. I'm gonna kill you and drink your blood. I'm gonna rape your women. Like that's what these people are. Like Oscalod, Thorkel—they're mm. all just mass murderers. You know, there's like some good motive, some good in motivations, and maybe even some good intentions at times. But like Leaf, Leaf, <laughs> this is my plug for him. He's just a good guy. <laughs> I just wanted to give him a big hug. He is a good guy, yeah. And Thorfinn, he just gets his whole world taken away from him. And I'm sure lots of stuff's going to happen with Thorfinn uh, later. But, boy, life just shits all over him. And he was just... Um, he, I feel like his character, his defining character image is, like, towards the end, he's just, like, laying face down in the mud. Like, poor Thorfinn. Like, that's mm-hmm. just, like, what he is. He just... His face is just in the mud. You know, he's just a sad boy. <laughs> yeah I, I agree during this part of the manga I was like this Thorfinn is sort of the main character but he yeah. doesn't really get any growth going forward he gets a shit ton so I promise yeah. selling yeah. point he number changes. two for the manga <laughs> uh, you can't hear him screaming constantly in it That's so true. he Aww. got that going for it I, 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 think Thor, I think Thorfinn's life sucks about as much as like Yoko's does in the book of 12 kingdoms. Cause I feel like she's getting like eaten by animals mm. and starving to death for like a 200 pages of that book. Um, but much like Yoko, I'm sure Thorfinn will end up rising up and becoming awesome, but boy, life sucks for poor Thorfinn. <laughs> it just sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, worst part about Thorfinn unironically was the Naruto Naruto run oh. in episode seven. Uh, that like dropped the score of the show by like five points. That was what? That was pretty egregious. Uh, that really, killed me. I loved it. There's a really funny Caroline meme. Put, yeah, yeah. Car- Caroline put that up on uh, social media. I thought it was great. Oh, oh, oh we're like we're like Oscar looking at him, and he's like me- weeb or something. <laughs> Fucking weeb. <Yeah>. Fucking weeb. Let <laughs> <laughs> me see if I can find that. I thought that, that was great. <laughs> I uh. I, I, me and my brother might have let out an audible groan when that happened, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It was very funny. Um, I like Ragnar a lot. I thought he was a great character. He was a companion to Canute. 
Um, I love the mm-hmm. two brothers in Askeladd's tribe who just kind of have their little mini arc and eat a ton of food and uh, oh, yeah. pose together, yeah. the JoJo brothers. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a ton of just lovable side characters. All the uh, the people back in Iceland who yeah, stayed put, like those three kids who were just so hyped to fight. Um, just there was all the side characters I was really engaged with to a mm-hmm. small degree, even if they did die in droves. Yeah, I think what's interesting about Bin Saga is that there's all of the characters are so morally gray. None of them are so evil. You're like, this character is obviously very evil. And they're not so good. They're like, this character is very benevolent. Everyone's so in that gray area. <laughs> Everyone's like, so they evil all do that... good and bad things. I don't oh. know. It's mostly bad saying? things, and who does the most bad things? <laughs> that's kind of how it is. Um, Thor's is the, Thor's is a bad negotiator. That's for sure. He trades how many yes. pigs for that, or how many sheep for that slave? Like five, seven of them, and all like the best ones. His family's like, "Are you nuts?" I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> we can't live through the winter." And then the slave just dies like right afterwards. Um, but I love that scene where Thor's tells. Uh, um, Thorfinn that you don't have any enemies and like he's trying to he's trying so hard to get his uh like uh to try and teach Thorfinn that you know he doesn't believe in slavery and he doesn't believe he wants to you know wants to live in a very peaceful world and trying to instill that into his son it's so sad to see how Thorfinn falls so easily into that role of I just want bloody violence against those have done have done me wrong Thorfinn is a literal meme lord when his dad's like, you have no reason to hold a sword up to anyone. He's like, well, fine, I'll hold up daggers. It's not a sword. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, that's how you're going to play it. (laughs) But uh, no, Thor's I thought was a great character. Yeah. For the uh, time that we have with him. (laughs) Yes. Really sad scene was when... um, what they tell the like the mother and the daughter that Thor's is dead, and then like the daughter kind of acts like she doesn't care for a while, mm-hmm. and she's like working really hard. And then the minute that the mother, I think it's the mother, tells her to like like go to bed, like why are you work, why are you you can't even see, why are you making this rug right right now? Like the minute she stops, she starts crying about it, and it was just kind of sad. Yes, yeah, was is so good, so amazing. She's not in the mm-hmm. show very much, but you know she was a good character. We might see more of her later. No, don't know, but um, mm. yeah, she was good. She was a really good character, and she was trying her best to keep it together. She took her sadness out by slaying whales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God. We don't get much in this moment, this part of the story. I don't know if it's just because, I don't know. I don't know if maybe it's due to it being in a shonen manga for so long, but there are some really strong females later on in this series. Yova's great. I love her so much. She's mm-hmm. like, I I am sad by what's going, by what happened to my father and that my brother's missing, but I have to be strong for my mother and can't show weakness. And I, I'm just going to go kill a whale. Fuck it. <laughs> There's a whale in the harbor. <laughs> I love Yelva. She's so good. Um, what else? I, I thought the animation was was really at, at times super nice, and at times kind of weird. Um, they're not real, they're not real good at drawing horses. That's for sure. There were some shots. There were some shots. You, you agree? 
<laughs> yes, because I would say I also recently watched uh, the part two of uh, the third season of Attack on Titan. Yeah. More terrible horses. Yeah, they just look <laughs> really awkward. Anime cannot do horses. Yeah, Wit Studio Wit, needs to Wit, work on that. Wit Studio just commits to doing CG yeah. for horses, and it's kind of how they do things. They might just want I to thought, start like rotoscoping them or something, you know, anything to get them a little more, uh, less awkward. Looking. I don't know what they can do. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they are getting rid of the hardest part to draw of humans, which is hands and just replacing it with the entire horse. <laughs> uh, so for the art for Vinland Saga, first of all, the scenery was easily the best part of the show. It's epic. That was, it looked phenomenal. Almost every single shot, the scenery mwah, loved it. Um, I thought the CG water actually looked pretty good. Uh, the CG Vikings, not so much. Um, <laughs> for being a 24-episode series, though, most of the time, the quality held up. The major thing that I wanted to bring up, though, was the fights. I thought almost all the fights were super underwhelming. Whether really? it be the sound or the animation, like I rarely felt like impact behind some of the scenes. Like... When I think back to Demon Slayer and like that stomach punch, like that's the level of like strength and impact. I was looking out for these big old Viking boys, but something seemed like just very tinny and like soft about it. And the worst thing though is it's Wit Studio. Like I wanted Sakuga. There was like no Sakuga in this thing. Like there was the one fight between Thorfinn and Thorkel on the bridge Mm. where the camera was whipping around, Thorfinn was whipping around, Thorkel was doing something he was being a big boy but there was very there was very few like (laughs) scenes where i was like man this animation is fluid it's crisp it's wild like it just like it looked fine most of the time but i wanted a couple big moments to be like wow look at the grandeur wit studio poured time into this scene and i just didn't feel like i got a lot of that you didn't think it was powerful when thoracle threw a spear and impaled like 12 people on it uh that was (laughs) A pretty great scene i mean that guy's a crazy he's a crazy he's a crazy mofo i mean and, uh, he, and he i don't know he just like and he gets he, oh, he, for some reason his power level goes up by at least 10 percent after he puts the eye patch on i don't know why but he was just like um i liked when he was just dropping logs on the ship <laughs> yeah he's just a sea of upturned things so i hope i hope thorgo doesn't kind of like become like a backseat character going forward i could see it happening um, you know, I guess we'll have to find out, but I, I man, Thorco is such that. a meme, and I love him. <laughs> I feel like Thorco, whenever he comes up, he's the meme of the show, and I'm just God, I love him so much. Can we just have? Um, can, I just want to have Thorco and Guts have a fight. Oh shit! I think it would just be awesome. That'd be interesting. I think they, I think they would, would just end up becoming buddies, and then they would just get really drunk. But mm. you know. It'd be pretty cool. I um, feel like I'd give it to Guts just because he's got more weaponry, but who knows? Yeah, he does have the crossbow <laughs> and stuff. I don't know. Have you seen how far Thorkel can chuck a boulder? <laughs> yeah, he threw that True. spear. He threw that spear like ten miles with 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 intense accuracy. Without even being able to see the dude, he's just like I I hear I hear them I hear in the distance. Thing. <laughs> and he whips this when the guy was like crawling over the bank and just got plowed in the face anyway mm-hmm. uh um, were you about to say something mandy yeah i was gonna say um one thing this more so for 
the manga, but also going into the anime. What I love so much is how much attention to detail and respect that Makoto put into Vinland Saga for the armor, the architecture, the weapons, the boats. Everything is done with such a great amount of care for the time that this is based on. And um, the he... Prior to writing Vinland Saga, he took a two-year trip to Iceland back in 2003 to prepare for Vinland Saga so he could do all of this research. And uh, he was actually invited back later on to an Icelandic cultural festival to talk about his manga and sign books. But um, yeah, like the there is a YouTube video by um, by I think I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong. I think it's Shadiversity. It's S-H-A-D-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y. He does a series called Crimes Against uh, Middle Medieval Realism. And he looks at, you know, looks at cartoons, looks at comic books, looks at video games and see like how um, accurate are these based on like the time and the, what w- would have been used. And he was very, overall, very pleased with what he saw in the first episode of Inland Saga. And he looked at the peep the PV for the trailer for the rest of the series. And um, he can, if you watch that video, you can find, he goes more into detail about all of the different kinds of armor and stuff that they use. But um, yeah, I thought, I I love it. I thought they did such a great job. I think everything, I thought everything looked good. And um, I thought the, I, I don't know, I thought the animation was pretty decent. I thought so Overall, too. there's some weird moments here or there, but Overall, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, there's a lot to handle in this. I mean, there's yeah, we're, it's not like a show where like two kids talking to school for the whole time. You know, this is like yeah, tons of soldiers. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, I feel like there, I was there, oh sorry, there are anime where like I always say, oh, well, the animation was okay, but you know, like they didn't really need a lot, you know, to to, mm-hmm. to do what they were doing. This show, they needed a lot. Like they're they're killing each other for. I don't know, half the runtime. So, I mean, there's a lot of need to have solid movement. And I, and I thought, I thought it looked really well. I mean, boy, it must've been an expensive show to make. And, um, just considering how much, how much has to go into it and into it. And, you know, it's not Ghibli, you know, it's not, it's not QAnnie, you know, level, but like, I, I thought it was really good. And I was challenging, very worried going in because the, uh, the action in the manga is spectacular. Some of the best action I've seen in manga. <laughs> so I was very worried going in. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think the action in the manga is still probably better, but it. I don't know. I thought it was decent. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, music. What did you guys think of the Anna, ops? Those ops. Yeah, the ops are good. <laughs> I like. The yeah. I did not the, like the ops at all. I oh, thought, thought they're really good. So, like, I like Man on the Missions OP for, like, Inuyashiki, but they did the second OP, and that OP, I thought the song was just kind of bland, but the, all the shots were just reused show footage. I thought that was so lazy and drab. The first OP, I thought was just, it had better imagery, but it was kind of whatever. The first ED was so forgettable, but the second ED, uh, Drown, was... Oh, that was amazing. I loved the, the second ED a bunch. I was upset every time that Amazon, which is where I watched this, oh, yeah, would jump to the next it. episode without letting it play out. I was like, oh, no, I wanted to hear more of that. Ooh, I was digging it so much. Um, mm-hmm. They they didn't do like the ED at the beginning and like the OP at the end uh, of like the final episode, which some shows do, which means like I instantly knew that like uh, it was 
like it wouldn't be like a high octane like finale it would happen before then but i thought the music the show is mainly like composed and it's just a solitary piano and i thought that was exquisite like there were so many just like gentle just plinky piano notes and that like moments of that with the previously mentioned like scenery like when those two were paired up i was like bliss this is like top what i wanted to see like not vikings not anyone just blinky little pianos beautiful scenery that's what i came to this show for pianos uh, pianos so versatile i mean you can do just insane amounts with it um i'm glad you appreciate it i i dug it i thought it was good I don't know. I like the first two. I like both the OPs. I Maybe I too. like the songs though. <laughs> the, one, the one guy, it got kind of screamo, and I'm just like, I was like, um, oh yeah, the first one. Uh, yeah, so just say like, the prophet or something like that. Yeah, and so I, I, I was. It like, looked like Thorfinn was screaming. <laughs> I was screaming along with him. Yeah. Oh, I don't was, know. I liked it. It was like it was like <laughs> off-brand. Um, who did the Hunter Hunter ones? Fair and Loathing. It was like off. It was off-brand version of that. I I I just didn't get into it. Um, and yeah, the second OP, if you just watched it, like at the beginning, you would have been spoiled on a bunch of stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Big sad. I did think yeah. it was, um, Is there anything else? No, I mean, uh, I, th- I thought it was a little, I think I keep thinking, I kept thinking it was kind of strange that, that Thorfinn could take on Thorkel, but he can't take on Oskolod. I know, and I know Oskolod kind of has his number, but. Hmm. I mean, the Oscalod sure as hell wasn't going to fight Thorkel. So. I don't know. Thorkel tossed that boy up in the air. Yeah, he, he booted him like half a football field up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I mean, he, yeah, but he had like deep slices on all of his limbs and he lost an eye. I mean, that's. Well, that's because Oscalod cheated. Told He's him, a yeah. cheater. And, and, and th- well, I guess so. I guess you're right. Also, I love when. Askeladd is flexing on Thorfinn at the end when he's just like, it's taken you 10 years to commit the one thing you live for and you've failed this entire time. I did what yeah. you did yeah. in two years when I was the babby boy. You are a dummy. You will never amount to anything. Grow up, please. Okay, bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Olaf. Was, uh, o- Olaf. That was a great that guy's, scene. Olaf is a bad guy. I, Mandy, you said, you said everyone's kind of gray. I don't mm. know about that. Olaf is kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty, you never he's know. Like, he could he, be a. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, I love these concubines. She's my wife, and then the minute she gets sick or whatever, he throws her in the stable. I mean, he's that guy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy's an ass. I mean, he is bad. Yeah. Wow. For sure. But he, you know, he, he takes him in eventually. He can't be all bad. He's I'm not ba- defending him. I'm just saying he's he's just as bad as everyone else. Not necessarily impressively so. And I and I kind I don't of know. I. I kind of thought that Olaf was used to paint a contrast between Oskolod. Like it's like, oh, Thorfinn is kind of to Oskolod as Oskolod is the Olaf. And in that, you know, in that towards the end, they had the big, they had like the ten minutes of backstory or whatever for Oskolod. And I just thought, like, mm-hmm. it's like Oskolod is nowhere near as bad as Olaf. Like Thorfinn, it could be worse. Like your life does suck, but it could be worse. Like this is the world you live in, but other people have suffered more than you have. And I don't know. I guess that maybe that was kind of what he was trying to. I guess convey. Olaf did train Askeladd, though. Yeah, he did like train him. He got him into the family. He had a good relationship with his brothers. Like, 
he has he had the support system. Uh, only yeah, but I mean, yeah, all right. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's a, we're, he was we're a, comparing two <laughs> awful situations and saying yeah, yes. they don't have it bad. I, I, I'm a, I'm agreeing and disagreeing with everything. All right, I don't have much else to say about it. Um, I mean, I probably do, but like we don't have all day. I wish we did. I liked. Um, I liked uh, Askeladd's very complex um, relationship with the rest of the Vikings because, like, he does make friends there. And uh, it's interesting because, like, um, he makes friends with some of the other Vikings that he's in charge of, but still, like, despises them for, like, the horrors he has, oh, yeah. the horrors he has witnessed and can't forgive them. So, I don't know. I thought his relationship with them was pretty interesting. The, um, that we did, we've I've talked a lot about Askeladd. One more note <laughs> I would just say about the characters is that um, how is it that like not a single character in this whole show has gray hair? I think maybe uh, Leaf has it. Leaf, Leaf has did it at maybe the end. at the end, but yeah, like, I think but, so. but like, there's so many old car- old people in the show, and like none of them have gray hair. Even the king of the Danes, uh, I don't I don't remember his name, but even he didn't have gray hair. That guy's gotta be Swin. I thought he had a little bit. Swin. His hair was black as night. I mean, that guy, he probably would have had gray hair in reality. I mean, he was, like, probably in his late 60s. I don't know. I don't know, just, a, just, an often, uh, just a strange comment. Anybody want to... Seeing how old Vin Askeladd was, I don't remember. Because I was thinking, aren't they all pretty relatively young? Like, I could see mm-hmm. it being, like, a 10-year jump. He was only 44 when he died. I think it's one of those things where they're all old because people don't live that long in those days. Yeah. But, like, old about, is still not, like... I guess. Well, yeah, especially... That's a fair point, though. They're murdering each other. Of course, they don't live a long time. But I thought Thorpe <laughs> said he was in his 50s. But I could I could have misread that. Man, anybody if wanna, I could look like that when I'm 50... Uh, <laughs> worth. <laughs> anybody want to score this show? Um, I can go first. I, uh... That way the scores can go up. Um... Oh, no. I, Here goes Mason. I liked this show. I recommend this show. I had fun watching this show. I think it had a slowdown part from like episodes 14 to 23 where it just wasn't as much of greatness as I was expecting. It was all still good. The show had so much going for it, but I think at the end of the day, it just doesn't live up to the magic that the manga had. Like something about it just wasn't there. And while everything about it was good, it just felt like, ooh, it's just not hitting the note. And... I think that's kind of an unfair bar for me to expect it to clear, but nonetheless, it left me with a sense of like unfilled potential. And I mean, it's weird because I think the show ended at a proper point. I'm super eager for season two. Um, and I just hope Wit like takes their time with this and comes back with an even stronger thing. Um, I don't know. I, I appreciate almost everything they did, but something about it just was just missing for me and i just can't wait to see more of it despite my kind of iffy response so i'm gonna give this a three and a half drunken priest out of five all right um you got. I, I enjoyed vinland saga quite a lot i um i, I always binge everything um, for the most part it's pretty rare that i have that i've like watched a show already I'm always behind, it seems. And normally it's really tough to get through a show that's this long, but it wasn't tough at all for Vinland Saga. And um, my girlfriend and I watched it, and we both loved it. Um, it does slow down a little. I don't know if it was 
I don't know if the slowdown was that big for me, but maybe it was, I can't remember the episodes, but I feel like, I feel like there were about five episodes or six episodes in there where I thought, oh, it's getting a little slow, but like, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, I think they wanted the show to end at that one, at that specific point at the, mm-hmm. that they did. Mm-hmm. And that's why they slowed it down. And it wasn't like it was painful or anything like that. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really think that anybody that just, aside from the people that just need to have like wholesome nonviolence, pretty much everyone's going to like this. You know, it's perfect for the berserk crowd. It's perfect for like just people who generally love action. Um, and there just aren't that many shows. I feel like that just carry such an epic feel to them, um, throughout. And, uh, I really loved it. I mean, it I thought it was great. Probably, probably the best show of the year for me. I'm going to give it, um, Man, I feel like I could feel like I could come up with really something really funny. <laughs> I'm gonna give it five decapitated horses. Ooh. Were, there, were there decapitated horses? Did I miss that? I don't know. Someone killed a horse somewhere. <laughs> that would have offset the score negative from the Naruto uh, round. Five uppercut punched horses because Thorko definitely uppercut punches Thorko a horse. Thorko does punch a horse. He, he definitely he definitely he punches does. a horse right in the chest. And I did think for a second, there's no freaking way he could do that. And then I and then I remembered <laughs> that like these are Dynasty Warriors characters where like. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like Zhang Fei, and he's just going to go through a crowd and kill 300 people with a giant spear. And he is what he is. And Oskolod and Thorkel and Thorfinn and and maybe one other in there somewhere. They're just Dynasty Warriors characters just slaughtering people. And they're supposed to be heroes from, like, history. And we don't even know. We don't know how badass they were. They could have been the most badass people ever. So I can't really challenge it that much. But, yeah, he did uppercut a horse while I was running. The yeah, AA- those- the AAA podcast does not condone uh, animal cruelty or violence. Please don't do this. <laughs> I was just saying this now. Those sagas have some crazy feats of like people picking up boats and carrying them on their backs. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that happened as well. There are a lot of crazy stories about Vikings. Yeah, they, people were a lot tougher back then. We're kind of a, we're kind of wimpy nowadays. It seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of us were bored with Viking souls. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I have. Oh, God, I love Finland Saga so much, guys. Maybe I'm coming at this as a super biased view. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I am. But uh, yeah, I I do agree that the manga is better, in my opinion. And but if you aren't really into manga, I I think they did a fantastic job um, adapting it. There's just a few little points here and here that here and there that I'm like, yeah, the manga is a little bit better with this. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited for the next season. I love Thorkel. I want more Thorkel goodness in my life. Um, and I know when we did our best anime of the like decade and we did 2019, I said Demon Slayer is my top one. God, Finland Saga is real close, guys. and I hadn't finished it at that point. But um, I think I'm going to give it 4.5. Thorkel muscles. <laughs> Thorkel muscles. I love Thorkel, guys. <laughs> you know, when I was giving, when I gave it a five, like I thought, I gave Norland April a five, and this, and I enjoyed this more than that, so that's why I gave it a five. It's mm-hmm. not perfect, and you might think, yeah. oh, five out of five means it has to be perfect, but there, I don't think there is an anime that's perfect. There's, I don't know that there is. No, and there's always some criticism you can make of everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much. <sighs> I mean, Pink Pong Mason. is perfect. Ping Pong is perfect. Oh, it's so good. I don't know. Maybe Grave of the Fireflies or something. But like, I, I don't know. It seems like nothing's perfect. And I did enjoy this more than other shows I've given a five to. Yeah. 
So. I'm struggling. I really want to give it a five. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. I probably later on, I'll, I'll rethink it and be like, man, I should have. You but. should just embrace your bias and just go for it. <laughs> I should just embrace my bias. You know what? Fuck it. It's a five. There we go. <laughs> there ain't no anime police out there to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Scores don't even fucking matter. It's a five. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. That's going to just about do it, I think. I'm yeah. uh, doing the quick math. If someone wants to read off the listener scores, thirteen point five divided by four, but that divided by three. Uh, regardless whether you gave it a four and a half or a five, Mandy, it would end up to a four and a half out of five. Mm. So, yeah, um, the listener score average was a four. And with that, yes. I think that will do it. Hey, for next episode, go for it. Next week, Modal Zushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck Sorry. yeah! Get Pet excited, job, people. And the get those cornettos. Get oh yeah, we need to have uh you know I want everyone listening to also go out and buy your ice cream bars yeah. so you can join us as we eat them while we review the show. Oh, is that a thing? We're doing that. Uh, we we sure can. Oh boy, how many macros are in a friggin' uh, Nestle? Oh, it's probably healthy Nestle for drumstick. you. It's probably not that bad. I don't know, man. Yeah, we got the health court club on the Discord. Anyway, yeah. Episode five hundred five, Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast is over. Slams gavel on the table. Oh wow! Uh, but will not for sound. Uh, and as always, you can find us at the aaapodcast.com where you can find all the links to all the stuff for all the knickknacks and cool recordings. We're going to record some extra bonus content now and we hope you get to listen to it because it's always a fun time itunes please give us our reviews that we so eagerly want and uh facebook and discord and you know the drill by now people uh thanks everyone who joined <laughs> us live and that will do it we'll see you again next week Bye-bye. bye 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 guys bye